Welcome to Game List, a show about our game of the year one month at a time. And this is a big episode. This is our first 2000. I mean, it's our kind of our first 2023 episode. January episode is recapping 2022's Game of the Year. So this is our first time digging into our 2023 game list. But I'm Jake Twitchin. I'm here with Colleen underscore, a.k.a. Colin. Colin, what's going on, dude? I'm doing great, dude. I'm, I'm excited to talk about video games. It's been a while since we have been able to record our nerd thoughts. So yeah. it's about time. It has been. And you know what's interesting is we were talking about this. Since since we lasted an episode of our like show proper, we have done two reaction streams available on YouTube, youtube.com slash at show. Uh, for the Xbox Developer Direct and the Nintendo Direct, which we'll recap. But if you want our full reactions, you can go find us on YouTube or anywhere else on the internet at Gameless Show. But uh, during that time, you and I, I, I was on vacation. I was gone out of town for a full month. And when we hopped on there, we had so much to talk about. Like We would not stop going back and forth yeah. about random video game news and stuff that we've been playing. And you know, a lot of it was like, okay, let's hold it back. We got a, we got a show to do in a, in a week or two. So we yeah. got a we got a packed show for you right now, and like Colin is getting at, I am very excited to talk video games. Uh, let, let's change things up for 2023. What are you like most excited to talk about today? What's like on the tip of your tongue? What are you like amped to get into? Probably Dead Space. Yeah, Dead I Space think. has been hitting. I yeah, Dead Space has been really good. For me, the Nintendo Direct stuff that was like shadow dropped on us is yeah. top of mind right now and i've just been loving everything that i've been playing so like mm, all the metroid yeah. stuff the game boy advance and game boy games that i've been messing with the demos that i crushed through like i liked kirby so much more than i thought i would uh i also really dig uh sea of stars which i i knew that i would like sea of stars but i am actually like a little bit mind blown on how much i like it it's it's yeah. been it's a crazy crazy demo but we'll get into all of that that that's a good way to do it asking you what you're most excited for and then talking about what i'm most excited for is a great way to you know in the first couple minutes of the podcast let you know uh, what's coming up on it only took us a year to get there <laughs> big improvements here for 2023 <laughs> yeah. shit is changing we've wiped the slate clean our game of the year list has nothing on it right now at the end of the show we will begin building it for you know the year the year ahead of us uh Outside of that, for housekeeping, the reactions are out on YouTube. If you're an audio feed listener, that stuff doesn't exactly translate well to the audio feed or the podcast app, so go find that on YouTube. Um, we're recording this on February 10th, so a couple a week, a week and a half into the month, so we will recap some of the stuff that we played in January as well as this beginning part of February, and it's, uh, it's chock full. It's a lot of games. A little light on news, but very heavy on what we've actually been gaming on, so we will you know get into it and i think the best way to start is probably with what i've played most recently which is metroid do you have any history with not just metroid prime but metroid in general uh i played metroid dread and okay. i really liked it i didn't finish I, it but i really liked it yeah i didn't finish it either and i was really digging it as well and i don't know i, I think i'm more into metroid games as a side scroller it's interesting. Mm -hmm. When Metroid Prime came out, they did a really interesting thing. It was, I think, 2002. And mm -hmm. on this day, they released Metroid Prime and Metroid Fusion on the very same day. And in 2002, I was 13 years old 
when this happened. So I wasn't exactly balling out of control. So I wasn't going to go buy two Metroid games. I had to make my decision. Yeah. Am I going to play Metroid Fusion or Metroid Prime? And at that point, having portability on a console was huge for me. I think I was playing my Game Boy more than my GameCube. And I like blue more than red. So <laughs> I went for Metroid Fusion. And because of that, I sort of missed the hype on Metroid Prime. And I went back... Like, probably a couple of years later, I, maybe I rented it from Blockbuster or something like that, and I played maybe the opening hour of it, and I never really got into Metroid Prime or the sequels, and I've always wanted to give that game a fair shake, and I finally did it, and I am so pleased, dude. This game is so good. It's so good, and I just... Yeah. I don't know if I was expecting something different where... What I'm most surprised about is how well Metroid translates from a 2D... It's so weird to call it a Metroidvania because it's in the fucking game like in the name but how well it translates from a 2d to 3d game it is still very much the same there is a lot of like dangling of the carrot in metroid prime mm -hmm. remastered where you will pass by a door that you can't get through and you'll be thinking about okay well that's a weird door maybe we'll figure a way to get in there and then you'll go and you'll unlock you know missiles and they'll say missiles can open these special doors and you're immediately like i have to go back to that spiral staircase where that fucking door was it's so good it's such a fun gameplay loop and they've been doing that right for a very long time so it's not a really a surprise to anyone but what was a surprise to everyone is how this game came about this was rumored late last year as potentially a remake and not a remaster, potentially a trilogy and not a standalone game. But at the Nintendo Direct out of nowhere, they announced that the Metroid Prime remaster is out now for $39.99 digitally. And in two weeks on February 22nd is out physically. And you can just go yeah. play this thing, which instant gratification is so big. Like, I, I wonder if they would have announced this thing for April it could have come out and I could have perhaps been like, oh yeah, I'll get to it in like May or July or something like that. But the fact that I was able to just end that direct and just get right to it, I was like, let's fucking go. That's so cool. So I've been really enjoying my time with Metroid Prime. What do you think? Are you going to hop into this thing? Yeah, I've been right on the edge of purchasing it for the past couple of days because, you know, that like age of shooters was really, I, I really adore like the uh, Republic Commando yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I should say that DNA there. Yeah, and uh, I really want to play it. I don't know if I'm going to spend $40 on it. Mm -hmm. um, I have looked at, you know, uh, playing it on my Steam Deck. Mm. Um, and I think that might be the way I go. Uh, but I then think... again, it's kind of like maybe I should stream it because it's I've never played it before. It would make um, a good stream. I'm 100% interested. It. Like, I'm going to play this game. It's just a. Uh, I've got a lot of games on the table right now. A lot of games. Uh, and this is a game that it, it might be just wait from, for a sale or something for it. Yeah, I get I it. I mean, though. don't hold your breath on a fucking sale. Uh, no, that's for no, sure. I'm not. It is Nintendo. And if you're thinking Which, about doing it, like most things Nintendo, splurge, man. Spend the 40, get in on it. It, like, it is... It is Nintendo, but Nintendo has constantly showed that they don't really care about Metroid, so that's kind of mm. what I'm banking on. Well, they've been, um, uh, How they've been unceremoniously around. did they release this game? They literally just said... But that's kind of the appeal it. for it. Like, I think, I think Metroid's uh, actually on the come-up. I'll, I'll disagree with you. I think no, ever I hope since it is Mercury, Mercury Steam Mercury got involved Steam. in 2017, was, I think, with the 3DS remake of... It was Metroid Samus Returns, which is the remake of Metroid 2, which is one of the games that's kind of lost to time, which is now available on the eShop. Uh, or the 
Nintendo Switch Online with expansion pack. No, you don't even need the expansion pack. But nonetheless, they did. They took their shot at that, and they said, here, free reign, why don't you go crazy on making your own? And they did Dread, and it was great. And since then, I mean, Retro has allegedly been working on Metroid Prime 4, which is still yet to see the light of day and yet to be talked about. And during that time, with the help of support studios, worked on Metroid Prime 1 remaster at the very least, potentially more in the yeah. future. So I think they're making a push back in the right direction, and I'm happy to see it. They did announce, they didn't announce, but they put out like a new like Metroid portal. You can go to like metroid.nintendo.com. I saw that. I saw that. Which yeah. is great. It's, it's a cool little like concentrated effort on, this is one of our flagship series. And I think that they are doing a good job of... Re not reinvesting in it, but I guess like putting their yeah I guess I guess reinvesting in it, putting their money where their mouth is, making it stand up with the Zeldas and the Mario's the way that I think it truly should. It's a legendary, legendary thing. I you think know, you, I think w uh, the the point where Metroid really became interesting to me was actually uh, in Returnal. Just from the vibe, the vibes of Returnal and Metroid are very yeah. similar at times. I see that now. Yeah, especially um, with like the then, the way that the rooms work and the progression in Metro in yeah. uh, Eternal. There's a lot of Metro yeah. DNA in there. So I um I'm totally gonna play this game. Mm. I just don't know when. Cause I think for you, you know, even if you don't stream it, this would be a good. I can picture you narrating this game really well. Um, and just doing like your your offline playthrough of Metro. Yeah, I thought and about having a that, pretty good yeah. time with that as well. Like just making it. It's own little standalone thing. Like, and I it's think the you perfect length, time. too. I don't mm. like playing too long of games on my YouTube channel because I made the mistake of playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla and it was 75 parts that were yeah. all like 30 minutes plus. Um, I try to keep yeah, it. Your first like, mistake was playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla. No, I, pl I put <laughs> over 100 hours into that game by the end of it. Um, but yeah, no, this is a perfect length and that's probably where I will go with it. Um, but I don't know. I. I, my next game that I'll be playing, uh, which is, I think, something that you might want to talk about right now, mm. Hogwarts Legacy. Yeah, dude, it's, uh, it's fucking good. And listen, obviously, J.K. Rowling is a piece of human fucking garbage, but I, I've been a Harry Potter fan for a long time, and uh, you know she's got her hot takes on a lot of fucked up things that she should really keep her goddamn mouth shut about, but... <laughs> Nonetheless, Harry Potter was a big part of my life growing up, and I do love the wizarding world, even even as a Jew and how they depict us the whole nine yards. I can I can dig in and enjoy me some Hogwarts Legacy, and I have been enjoying it. It is a very, very cool fucking game, and it's exceeding expectations. What I keep on saying about Hogwarts Legacy is that this game should be a seven, and it's accidentally a nine. Like, it's, yeah. not, it's not perfect by any means, um but it is very good. <laughs> like it's, it, it is really blowing my mind. In fact, how good it is. Um, have you had a chance to dig in yet? No. So I literally stuck this in my PlayStation to download like 20 minutes ago. Oh, uh, nice. It's working on it right now. I, I, uh, I pre-ordered it last night on Best Buy just to get like the $10 gift card with it. Picked it up on my way home from work today. Uh, so that's going to cool. be a this evening thing, which I will say I'm I'm constantly surprised by the scope of this game, like yeah. watching it on oh, Twitch. Dude. It just seems ginormous. 
So the game technically came out today. It came out February 10th. But yeah. uh, if you bought the digital version through PlayStation, you could get it on the 7th. You could get it on the 8th. If you digital got it on PC, deluxe Something version. along those lines. Uh, I went I went for it. I spent the extra 10 bucks and I hopped in there. And I am about 10 hours into the game now. So I can give you some pretty early impressions on this game. And I'm pretty passionate about it. And I'll tell you right now, as far as... My game of the year list goes. There's only two games that are making it, and it's Metroid and Hogwarts so far. And Hogwarts is number one. It's um, it's a very, very sound third-person open-world RPG, and it's far more open than I ever imagined. Uh, what I'll say first about the game is that it's got a pretty solid opening. It's a tutorial, obviously, but the tutorial is also very story driven like they're doing a lot of laying the groundwork for what's to come meeting characters along the way and everything yeah. is just done in a, in a very magical way to say the least which I, I know that sounds fucking stupid to say but there's something to be said for it the one of the things that the the harry potter movies in particular have a very certain way about them the way that they're presented the way that they make you feel if you're a harry potter fan you know what i'm talking about it's this like sense of wonder and this sense of like exploration and not knowing what's going to come next. And I think the only chance that we've really had to revisit that since those eight movies came out was the Fantastic Beast movies. I think the first Fantastic Beast movie does an okay job at that. It doesn't hit any of the highs that the first eight movies do. And then the second two middling releases in the Fantastic Beasts movies mm -hmm. have not done that whatsoever. And I... playing the opening three hours of Hogwarts Legacy... It makes me feel the way that those like middle Harry Potter movies do. See, I grew up watching Harry Potter. Mm. Um, and it just like looking back, it just I was telling Allie last night where we need mm. to watch it. Um, and I'm like, they're just they just are cozy movies to me, especially cozy. like the first four or five. Like it's mm -hmm. something like I wanna curl up like in some blankets and watch a Harry Potter movie. Absolutely. Um, and and that's why I'm excited about this game because I want to to relive that same feeling. I've never actually watched the Magical Beast or whatever. Oh, um, the first Fantastic one's pretty good. Beast. You should you should watch them, yeah. Yeah, so I've never watched those. Um, but Might be good I, supplemental I this, viewing while you're playing through this. That's, I, I hope so. I think me and Allie, I've told her we're going to have to watch Hogwarts, or not Hogwarts, uh, Harry yeah. Potter, because they are just, especially the first ones are cozy. Near the end, they get more action-packed, but... Um, so I do want to say, mm -hmm. um, the, the, I, I mentioned the other night while you were playing this in your stream, how I hate how you can't get the deluxe versions early physical because I'm just mm. a physical guy. Right. Yeah. But I was curious how many people actually bought it early. How many people sprung on the extra $10? So I'm looking at the steam charts right now. So this is for steam only, mm -hmm. right? The peak amount of players on february 8th which was like the day that the early access started or whatever sure um the peak on steam was four hundred eighty-nine thousand. so that's only people who paid for it early that and that's just on steam that's crazy that's just on steam so at a minimum nearly, uh, half a million people at yeah at a minimum at they made an extra five million dollars just off this three-day early access if you mm -hmm. take the people that paid for it early on Steam multiply that by ten bucks. That's almost five. And that's million just dollars. concurrent users. That's not 
that's just concurrent users it's it's not sales data smart move and my guess is that like we're looking at it right now i don't know what concurrent users are at this very moment but it's 4 30 eastern time on the actual release day at steam it has it at about seven hundred thousand right now wow and that's i mean on the west coast right now it's just early afternoon people aren't even out of work i think tonight it's going to smash some records there'll be which it Probably yeah, closer to two million broke, people playing. It broke the record for Twitch views at one point two six million views. And that was on Tuesday. That was on the yeah, early access that release was, day. That was early, yeah. Yeah, and they did a good job. They had Twitch drops going where if you watched for like two hours you would get um yep. in game items if you linked some oh. fucking account that I refused to do. I, I so I linked all that stuff. I was like, all right, I'm gonna get all these extra clothes because i like that kind of stuff right i I buy into that crap um (laughs) i took my patronus test on the harry potter thing um i took my house test wait patronus Patronus test test. oh oh, yeah Yeah, yeah. patronus is like the little light light deer it's your little like uh, glowy animal i didn't Um, take that does that happen in game if i didn't take it i don't know i took it on the the online so i i was gryffindor for the house loser um I can't help it, dude. It's just who I am. Fucking it's NPC, just who I bro. Am. Uh, um, <laughs> you're you're a Slytherin. I don't want to hear. No, anything. I'm not. I'm not fucking Slytherin. I thought you were Slytherin. No. Are you Hufflepuff? No. Griffin, Ravenclaw, Ravenclaw. Yeah. Okay. I didn't like. I didn't do. I don't no, know. Wait. I'm like a Harry Potter fan, but I'm not like. I'm not a Potterhead. I think is what they call them, right? Like, I love the yeah, movies. I grew like up that. with the movies. I don't have like. Uh, a, a robe or like a scarf you know what I mean like I don't know I don't that. have that crap um, no absolutely and I don't, not. I'm, I'm not like in on like the lore I haven't taken I've never had like a lot of people grew up and they're like I'm a Hufflepuff like they have like this sort of like yeah exactly no I, I they have this I sort would... of like affiliation to a house <laughs> I just quirky. joined the game I answered the sorting hats questions and I told chat uh, I've been streaming this live twitch.tv slash Jake Twitchin Jake Twitchin um I just told like Chad, I was like, whatever they fucking sort me into, I'm gonna take. Like, I'm just gonna let's just yeah, do this yeah. the way that it the, the way that it says. Because you have the option, you'll ask the questions like, "What do you like to do?" Yeah. and then I answered them, and it's like Ravenclaw. Do you like that? Well, or that's not? why <laughs> I'm like, yeah, like it's fine. I did it. I did it online on their like website. Is because it hooks up to the game, mm-hmm. and you can it'll sort you by that. So I took that for the house, and I got Gryffindor, and then I took the the Patronus test, and I got a freaking magpie. Do you know What's what a magpie, a magpie? is? No. It's the super annoying Australian birds. Hmm. They're birds from Australia that are just the most annoying birds in the world. Um, but I guess it is what it is. They look like birds. I, <laughs> do, you, do you have your Patronus yet? No, I don't know what it is. Uh, uh, what is a fucking okay. something giga chat like a fucking lion or rhinoceros i was hoping like maybe i'll get a wolf or maybe yeah, i'll get wolf. like D- dope dude a dog and then no a magpie <laughs> yeah for sure you can be like your patronus is slug <laughs> like uh, all right <laughs> yeah. cool 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 uh, uh let me talk yeah, a little bit I about this on... game as like a video game i think that's a lot of what yeah, is dude. missing in conversations around this game unfortunately and with this game, what I have found is the open world is dense, which is something that's really interesting is so much of the open world takes place within the Hogwarts castle. In true to form, it's, I think, I mean, the same way that it's done like in the movies is it is a very dense and maze-like structure. So there is a lot of navigating this area 
and running by students and side quests and moving pictures and puzzles and things. And not only is the environment dense, but the amount of stuff to do in the environment is dense. And what I found was during the opening hours of the game is if you are a person that likes to get lost in worlds and do side quests, this is a game for you. Are you that kind of person? Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you my word of warning. It is easy to get lost and become a bit overleveled in the game due to the things that call to you. It's tough to ignore students that want you to do something for them because well, the NPCs in this game are second to none. Every character seems fully, very fleshed out and like you want to learn and interact with them more. Here's um, my question. Mm -hmm. Is are like side quests missable? If I don't do them, will they disappear in the future? It doesn't seem that way. No. Okay. No, it doesn't seem that way because a, a lot of the characters uh, will come and go from main story quests as well, and it okay. doesn't matter what your like affiliation is with them or anything. Uh, again, I'm still like early into the into the game, and if I were to guess, if I've played ten hours, there were ten streaming hours, so it's probably like seven hours of in-game playtime. Yeah. And in that in-game playtime, I'd say it's been split in half between doing side quests and main quests. So I would guess I'm three or four hours into the story. Like I'm probably only five or six quests in. Um, but that being said. What I've realized is, is I think it's important to stick to the main quest, especially for the opening hours, because the way that the quest locks you and gates you behind unlockables is it holds back spells. So you won't get things that are needed for further quests, like uh, spells like Expelliarmus or uh, abilities like riding your broom until you reach a certain point in the main story quest. And that being the case, you end up in situations where if you're doing a side quest that has you going, you know, a, a mile south to Hogsmeade and you don't have your broom, that quest is going to take you three times as long as it should if you yeah. were just where you were supposed to be in the main story quest. So what I found was I need to stop being distracted all the time and getting exactly as lost in the world as I want to until, like, I feel like I've got my wizarding kit up to speed, you know? I want to get my broomstick. I want to get that first set of spells. I want to have these waypoints unlocked and these landmarks that I'll be traveling to back and forth from ready to rip via fast travel. And then I, I'm guessing mid-game will be the time where it's like go anywhere, do anything, unlock the chests, find the dungeons, that kind of thing. Yeah, so I, I'm looking at it now, and it says you can free roam anywhere after the story. All places and collectibles can be revisited and then all side quests can still be done after the story. So that's perfect. Awesome. That's what I yeah. like. Yep. Um, and then uh, I had the question of, I like to knock on games that require an online internet connection. Um, sure. Most recently I've been hating on uh, Redfall for it. Mm -hmm. So the, the little case here, I don't know if you can see it, maybe it'll focus, but it says on the case, internet connection required, right? Sure. Internet required. And I was like, why is that? Um, so I was doing some Googling and you don't actually need an internet connection. You just need it for the day. I guess that's why they were forced to put that on there for the download. Um, yeah, just for the patch yeah. download. Got it, um, got it. so I guess don't be scared away if you don't have a solid internet connection, as long as yeah. you have a way to get the patch, you can still play the game. Nice. Um, I'm very yeah. excited for this game. Truly. You should be. I, Honestly, it is, it is over delivering. Like I am, I'm blown away by how intricate it is and how interested I am in doing so many things. And I'm not really like a side quest guy, 
but yeah. there is something about like this world that is set up it is so true to form on the harry potter series that when you are specifically inside hogwarts and interacting with other professors and students inside those walls there is something about learning about these characters that draws yeah. me to want to do everything that there is to do. It is supremely engaging in a way that I haven't experienced in a really, really long time. Um, Can you have a girlfriend? That, or, or I don't know, partner? but I'm trying. I got my eyes uh, on a couple uh, people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, dude, there is a... I fucking... <laughs> I mean, this is... Listen, this is a show about two people that play video games. I can talk about myself a little bit here. I post a lot sure. of short form content in the form of like Instagram reels, TikToks, and um, YouTube shorts. And among the things, yeah, 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 Colin, you did put that. Uh, at yeah, I'm always going to hold on, that over your head. Oh, yeah. Thanks for helping. We lift each other up. I, you wouldn't even be streaming if it wasn't for me. Uh, <laughs> Probably not. Yeah, I know. Um, but nonetheless, I posted a pretty kind of embarrassing, like, uh, listen, I usually get like a thousand views on these kind of things. I posted this like kind of thirsty TikTok the other day about one of the professors about how she she's very good looking and it fucking exploded on TikTok and it has a million views. And all I can think about is how like the last in the last <laughs> 24 hours, a million people have seen me thirsting over fucking pixels on the Internet. <laughs> and it's devastating. True. It is. It anyway, is true. Please, uh, I mean, I'll take if it, you though. if you follow me, if you're listening to this and you follow me because of this stupid little story right here, please like message or comment and say exactly why or when. Probably not on the one with a million views because I'll never see it, but on one of the smaller ones. Uh, if if somebody comes through with a gameless listener, that's an easy follow back on whatever platform you. <laughs> but uh, it's it's a yeah. it's a really it's a wild game and the and it is delivering on all fronts. And I haven't even talked about like how sound the actual gameplay is like casting spells is more fun than you would think the skill trees have meaningful things to unlock that make me want to progress and make me question which direction I should be going in. Um, yeah. the characters that are not students, like the villains that they're showing on screen. If you're watching the video version right now are interesting and terrifying. If we're being honest, like it is just very cool and i can't think of i don't know i mean a, a time when i was like oh it's so cool to interact in these worlds i think the closest i can come is like when i played star wars the force unleashed for the first time it felt like a big step up into the star wars universe where it was like i feel like i am using force powers for the first time ever in a video game and i guess this kind of the feeling that i get here like i feel like i am a hogwarts student casting spells and it is a joyous feeling and like each one has like impact and momentum behind the hits and i i can't sing this game's praises enough and what i'd like to do really is that like these are just first impressions of the game i I'm guessing I'm going to mainline this fucking thing. And it's supposed to be kind of girthy, man. It's like 35 hours long minimum for the story. And I'm already getting sidetracked on side quests. I would yeah, love to talk so about this on next month's episode. The platinum um, is 60 to 80 hours. Yeah. Um, so, you I mean, you're going to put that I, much time into it. Yeah. I'll put at least that much time into it. So um, let's, let's come back to Hogwarts, dude. Like, I think, yeah. I think it's worth it, especially if it's going to be that far up on my list. My guess is that it pops up on your list starting next month. I think it would make Probably. sense for us to call this a, a good recap, a good conversation on Hogwarts right now, and then dig back into it once you've had some time in it and I've gotten further in it as well. 
and uh, see where we're really landing. Next next month will be second years. <laughs> no, you started as a fifth year. No, I'm Wild, not talking right? about in-game, but I'm talking about like our yeah. Hogwarts. I don't know. I got nothing. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. We're second years. Yeah. Run with the bit, Jake. You ever heard of improv? Yeah. Yes, and. Yeah, man. Yes, and. You. you ruined it. You ruined my. <laughs> you ruined my awful joke. Oh, uh, all right. I've had my chance to rave about my game of the year. Why don't I let you? Probably my guess is spoiler alert. I don't have confirmation on this, but uh, talk about your game of the year. Yeah, Dead game Space. of the year so far. I don't know if it will stay game of the year, and that's not because the game is bad or anything. In fact, the game is wonderful. I don't have any complaints about the Dead Space remake. Um, it's fun, man. I, I played the original Dead Space uh, about a year and a half ago now, yeah. and this has enough that has changed that I I want to keep playing it, right? Uh, so I'm on chapter, I want to say, 10 out of 12. Uh, I'm going to hopefully finish it up tonight, I think. Uh, man, this this is a perfect remake. I, I really do think it's a, a perfect, what a remake should be most of mm. the time. Um, it keeps the core of the game. It adds in a few things to modernize it. Um, and it's like, it stays true to the original game. Um, the one thing is it's so much darker. This game is so much darker than the original game. Like in and like much scarier. Vi- violence like, and tone or like uh, visually? No, like, like visually, it's so much darker. Hmm. Uh, if you pull it up against the original game, the original game looks like it's like mid-afternoon. Yeah, right? okay. But it's just because back in 2009, they didn't have like HDR. They couldn't get these like super low lows and super high highs. Okay, um, yeah. makes sense. Yeah, no, it, it's just... It's so fun. They've changed the weapons to where they each have a different alternate fire than they did in the past. Um, so, like, the flamethrower now, uh, you can use its alternate fire, and you can set down a wall of flame to block off, like, a path of enemies. So, like, if you know they're coming at you from two different directions, you can set down a wall of flame and then deal with the other enemies to the other side. Or you can pull out your pulse rifle and set down mines, proximity mines, or trip mines that the enemies will run into. Um, I've actually not been able to use any of those because I'm doing a plasma cutter only playthrough because I'm trying to get the platinum, which takes three playthroughs, and I normally don't do that many playthroughs of That's games. That's fucking mean. But this one is so good. It, it's very good. The entire ship is now much more connected. It's In the past, it was you go to a level, you hop on a tram... You get to the level, you do the, st- the objectives in that level, then you hop on the, the tram, and then you go to the next level. Uh, in this game, they've added side quests, um, and they've added it where you can physically walk from one level to the next. Things actually connect. It's, it's a, it, it feels like an interconnected ship now, right? You can ride the tram as your fast travel mechanism, uh, but the entire ship is revisitable. Um, so it's all connected now. It's much more Metroidvania-like. I know that is probably overused, but there are doors that are like, oh, you have to have level two access to get into this door. So then Mm -hmm. you have to come back three hours later when you have level two or level three access. Um, It's it's a masterclass remake. Motive did a wonderful job, and uh, I'll buy whatever they put out next, which is the Iron Man game. Yeah, this is like Motive's... I feel like we talk about Motive all the fucking time, but... Uh, Motive's next project is fucking Iron Man, and yeah, which 
I told you I didn't want to talk about Anthem, but if they do stick the Anthem flight into the Iron Man game, I don't think that. With just, I mean, they might look with, at it and be inspired with, by with it, but I don't think they're taking with improvements. But yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, Motive's just like an interesting case. They had did support on Star Wars Battlefront two, then they yep. went on and they did Star Wars Squadron. Squadrons, which is kind it's of a good a game. game for what it is, but it's not for everybody. Yeah, it's it's a very specific type of video game, which I don't yeah. think makes them a triple A studio. Um and then this is their next thing, which is a remake, which I mean it's not an original storytelling by any means, but it is embellished story from what I understand. Which, correct? Yeah, so they they uh they did change up a lot of things. They there's they have Isaac, your main protagonist, he talks now. So right. in the original game, he was silent, and then people would just pop up on the radio and be like, hey, you got to go do this because of this reason. But now it's much more of a dialogue because Isaac is an engineer. They're like, oh, we want this to happen. And then Isaac, using his engineering knowledge, is like, oh, well, that's not working because of this, this, and this. So I need to fix this, this, and this. Um, mm -hmm. So they improved on that quite a bit, but they also went back through and they... Uh, they they rewrote a lot of the like lore like log entries that are just placed around the map you know like the classic pick up a text log or something yeah they went through and they rewrote them to keep the same uh it's the same like end goal but it's much better writing it's much more refined writing mm -hmm. uh which i have to give to them i have to give them credit for it so playing dead space remake more faith than before same amount of faith less faith on motive as a triple a studio and absolutely more more so big faith. big faith all right yeah I, here's my question I then will, yeah would you oh this is we got to talk about that would you draft it in the 2024 draft for iron man for her, your fantasy critic i don't think iron man's coming out in 2024 so no okay that's fair but when it, when it is if it had a solid release date would you dig in would you put your money where you um, It depends on how much superhero fatigue I'm feeling at that point. Yeah, true. Uh, we'll talk about Fantasy Critic later on in the episode. That's a fun thing that we're doing. It's a YouTube video that you can check out. Is that on the audio feed? I don't think it is. Uh, I don't think so. It's a video thing. But uh, basically, we started a Fantasy Critic for Gameless, just calling and I head-to-head, -head, where we drafted games that are releasing in the calendar year of 2023 to see who can create the best publisher. So just yeah. a fun little mini game that we're kind of doing on the side on streams and on other gameless content so that you can see. And I got to say, it's going pretty well for me right now. It's going very well for you. It's going very poorly <laughs> for me. I've made some fucked up decisions, but Which, we'll get there. you know, you're in luck. I didn't understand what a counter pick was, and I picked I, Destiny 2 as a counter pick. I did understand what a counter pick was, and I, I fucked up in the process. <laughs> I, I had no clue what that meant. What can you do? Uh, oh well. What can you do? Win some, lose some. Um, yep. Dead Space. Hell yeah, dude. Um, it's I'm a glad, good game. I'm it, glad that you like it. Uh, Dead Space or Dead Space remake or Callisto Protocol. I still am a defender of Callisto Protocol. I think it was good, but the Callisto Protocol the was question. much more. Um. I think I'd have to go Dead Space. I think that's the general consensus. It's just a much more full package than Callisto Protocol. Do you think that studio gets to make Callisto Protocol 2, or are they fucked? No, I think they do. I think it was actually pretty successful on sales, right? No, I think it came up, like, super short. Did it come up short? I think they had, like, projections of 5 million, well, and they put up, like, 2 I million. 
Crafton is owned by Tencent, so I think they are good either way. Maybe. So, I mean, they're, it's like they're, striking they're, distance. They're coming from like, yeah. these motherfuckers are used to PUBG money, not fucking Callisto um, money. So nah, must be, I think, we get, a, a I think we get a Callisto too. Yeah, I'd like to have, see them get one more shot, see if they can get it I right, think. But. I, I know, I it's think like Callisto's, Dead Space. Dead Space was eliminated from existence because it didn't sell well. And they're like, we're going to make a spiritual successor to Dead Space. And then they're like, why didn't it sell yeah. well? <laughs> yeah, well, it, it's, yeah. Callisto's <laughs> protocol, Callisto's protocol, Callisto's problem is it's too actiony. And that mm. sounds weird because Dead Space is also really actiony. But Callisto encourages action that's up close and personal, which kind of yeah. desensitizes you to any of the enemies and any like of the scares. Even during the, um, there's a lot of like publicity for this game in the way that like it seemed like the the through line like the what they were trying to push the whole time was like less about the game and more about like the development the of the game. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to get at, but it, I'm just thinking about the way that Callisto was promoted, and so much of it seemed to be just, like, less about, like, the game itself and more about, like, how prolific Glenn Schofield is and yeah. how the team behind this game is the team behind the original Dead Space. And, like, it was so much more, like, about the game's development yeah. than it was about the game. And when I think about what they were pushing for the game, it seemed like they were trying to gross you out more than scare you. And that's, I think... What happened? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. It wasn't that scary, which I kind of, I, I don't know. It's a, it's a double-edged sword, right? Cause like it's less scary. So it's more tolerable to me. So I want to play it more, but it's less scary. So that means it's doing a worse job at mm. being a horror game, which is its job. Um, I do think like both of these games are some of the prettiest games. Uh, prettiest might be the wrong yeah. word, but like, no, I, I've Both watched of these games are some of really the good. best looking games that are out there, but Callisto Protocol was a little bit too linear. I think mm. it could have used more of a Metroidvania at like layout because it was very linear. Um, and then it was just, you can only fight people up close and personal and be scared a certain amount of times in dead space. If enemies get too close to you, you're screwed. Like you have a really like clunky, stomp and arm swing and that's it um so it's really like managing and managing like the distance between you and the enemy which callisto encourages up close and personal which mm. is just desensitizing right. um i i love them both but they're they're a lot harder to compare than i th initially thought they would be i get that um i think but they definitely sold yeah i mean yeah critically and by sales probably i think yeah i think yeah Dead Space is great. I, I, if it is the definitive way to experience Dead Space now, so yeah. I wouldn't even say go back and play the original. Just play this one. Just play it. Uh, and you played it on a DualSense Edge. I did. I did. I have my it. DualSense Edge right here. Can you show your edge as well? Any edgers? Yeah, Any edgers in chat? I was, uh, I was not going to, but yeah. I mean, Did I guess I'll tell... You? Basically what happened was, like, I'm still using a... Well, I was using my launch day DualSense controller, yeah. 
which has developed stick drift in the last three months. Mm -hmm. And I was putting up with it and it was only getting worse. And I've been like, oh, I'll just get like one of those like different, like the blue controllers some, sometime yeah. soon when I can't put up with this anymore. Um, and I was thinking about it. And like two days after the DualSense Edge came out, you got yours, you were raving about it. The reviews for it were good. And I realized that it has the replaceable thumbsticks so i was like listen yeah. i in a console generation i typically buy about four controllers and it's usually thumbstick related why i need to get a new one so i said you know what let me just buck up it's 70 bucks for a dual sense proper and if i get a dual sense edge for 200 it's essentially the price of three controllers let's just go for it get this one and i'll get those premium features so it seems pretty cool uh and i've been digging it so far are you liking yours if you're Dude, listening I love to the it. If you're, if you're listening to this, the video watching, version has Colin me. demoing how easy it is to take the uh, thumbsticks out, which is pretty wild. I haven't seen that in person. Yeah, it's um, it's super easy. Um, I love it, man. I it has changed my Destiny game. Is that is that too much? I no. um, I I have things mapped to the back paddles, which sure. I I have an elite, and I never really used the back paddles mm -hmm. because. I would actually, I would be holding the controller, and I guess I grip the controller like I'm gonna die. You or cut something. out a little so bit. Like, oh, One more time. Um, I I have an elite, like an Xbox Elite controller, mm -hmm. and I don't use it because I would accidentally press the paddles. Oh yeah, okay, yep. Um, and I uh, I it's I guess it's because I like death grip the controller, and I just they just like ba barely any touch to the paddles, and it triggers. Mm -hmm. Um. But this one, it has like a little half dome that you can put in there that you don't hit it unless you like intentionally push it, yeah. right? You can rest your hands there and it, you won't even touch, you won't hit them. Um, so this has really helped like, I'm actually using paddles consistently now. Like my yeah, grip the different on the controller. For the paddles are pretty impressive where one of them is what you would expect from a paddle if you ever use like a scuff controller or an xbox elite controller where it kind of like comes down in almost like an l shape looks like a boomerang and then yep. you just barely touch it right where your fingers would normally be resting whereas these little yep. nubs are sitting kind of where the mechanism starts and you have to actually reach for that and put your fingers into a less traditional resting spot for the like normal controller users um but it's very easy and comfortable to do so and if you're looking for it you're kind of good to go you know it's, it's a similar motion that it would be of like pressing r2 instead of r1 only with your middle finger it's pressing something as opposed to pressing nothing and it works really yeah. well um i'm honestly yep. yet to use it i just kind of like clicking the buttons for like that functionality but um Outside of that, I have a little bit of a gripe. There's, I'm, I don't know if it's a common issue, but my my O button is extremely sensitive, and it's kind of on an angle. And if I'm brushing my finger over the buttons, it is just incredibly easy to press the O button compared to how easy it is to press the rest of the buttons. And that's just the kind of thing that, on a $200 product, you'd expect it to be fucking perfect. And the fact it, that there's an inconsistency is a little weird. And if it you look does, at it, it's on like a kind of like an incline too, is yours as well? Well, even the original DualSense ones were. Um, mm. they're, yeah. they're also, I don't know. It's very yeah, hard to you see can this on see a camera. It. But uh, nonetheless, the other thing that I like the most about it is that if, if you're a DualSense owner and you're looking at your controller right now, you'll notice that there's like a black strip of plastic that goes down the handle of the controller that's sort of like flat and it creates something that's a little bit less of like a 
perfect phallic <laughs> object <laughs> and it gives it a little bit more of like a ridge and that ridge used to actually kind of rub against my hands after long gaming sessions and feel a little strange enough <laughs> feel a little strange for long gaming sessions um it's not something that's really talked about in the marketing or anything. It's just something that I've noticed with the DualSense Edge recently is that that is much more of a spherical shape now and there's less of a sharp edge to it. And it actually does have a pretty different feel in your hands that is um, improved to me. So overall, DualSense Edge, it's a, it's a nice product. I'm really digging it. And I don't know yeah. if that O button thing will continue to be an issue for me, but nonetheless, if it is, uh, I mean, I'm sure you might be able to like take uh, it RMA it, right? Yeah, I really don't like having to do extra shit. No, I don't blame you there, but that, that <laughs> might just be like a straight up lemon because my yeah. my buttons are slightly like softer than the mm. OG DualSense. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if it's maybe because this is a brand new controller and my other DualSense has been used a lot um some of my buttons are a little softer the other way. you would think other it would be around. the other way yeah, yeah. but um, either way I i'm satisfied with my purchase even with that o button thing it's not like a fucking deal breaker it's just something that i noticed you know yeah. i don't want to be too nitpicky Which, here have you used the function i guess you haven't used the function buttons at all below the mm -mm. thumbsticks have you no i mess around with the tutorial about how you press that button and then you have it like mapped to other things but i i, I guess yeah. i don't know a, a good way to use that functionally in a game yet yeah, that's fair. And you'll you'll get there, like, just mm. messing around with it. Uh, a couple things that I really enjoy are, like, the function buttons where I can adjust the game and headphone balance mm -hmm. without having to open up any menu or anything. I just press down the function button and then adjust it with the D-pad. Yeah, I think um, that's maybe the biggest surprise to me was how much of uh, software integration yeah. that is with this DualSense Edge whereas the Xbox Elite controller is very much just a hardware only device yep. the DualSense Edge has a lot of like functionality built in via the PlayStation 5 menu yep. system that allows you to do extra functions that are just straight up not available to you unless you own this product which and that's, uh, I think a nice that's surprise. a big seller for this over a, a scuff is like the scuff will never be able to take advantage of that software like this does um, yeah also uh it fits in the like in the stock controller charger dock like just oh, the cool. og ps5 that's what i have and um there are there's like the r2 l2 buttons are textured now so it kind of grips your finger better which i really enjoy that um yeah, yeah. they they they're very oh, nice the texture of the r1 and r l l1 and r1 are disgusting though uh yeah it's kind of like glossier it's, it's kind of weird. I don't know why they didn't match that. They, they, um, they remind me of like the feeling of like PlayStation 3 or PlayStation 2 thumbsticks, which are like the replacement thumbsticks too, which I fucking hate. See, uh, I thought you would be edge. a fan of the 2 and 3, but... No, I, I hate PlayStation controllers. Uh, Xbox controller, king of controllers. Concave. Concave. I mean, I like the thumbsticks that are on the 4 and 5, but... Yeah, you know. me too. Yeah, but that's the right. DualSense Edge. It's a great Dual controller, but you have to choose if it's worth two hundred dollars for you. So, yeah, yeah. You know what? You don't have to choose if you want to buy or not. Hi-Fi Rush, dude, because it's fucking don't have free to, and it's it exists. Not that great. I raved. <laughs> I raved about this game's release. I mean, it, it almost seems overshadowed now because Nintendo seems to have watched that developer direct and seen the reaction to Hi-Fi Rush and said, "Oh yeah, we can do that. We keep games on shelves until they're ready to rip too." Um, but Hi-Fi Rush was announced and released the very same day by Tango Gameworks, 
the developers of the Evil Within 1 and 2 and more recently Ghostwire Tokyo. And the game, I'm proud to say, is good. (laughs) Is very good. Um, what, What do you know about this, dude? It's a rhythm game with millennial music. I guess. I don't know. I think yeah. you're too hung up on the music of this game. You play games with weird music. No, the all music the time. is not my thing at all, and I'm not going to play a music game with music that I don't enjoy. I don't think like, that it's like a music game. I think that maybe that's like a miss in like the marketing because I uh, like rap music only, and I'm not like offended or affected by this video game's music in any way. In fact, I like it. I think it fits like the theme more. You know, it's like See, it would be I, like uh, I, it would be like watching like No Country for Old Men and getting mad that they're not playing Jay Z in it because I like Jay Z the most. Like it fits the theme of the game in like the visual like Saturday morning cartoon just, art. I'm style. not a fan of the theme of the game. Then I don't like that's the fair. music. I don't. That's fair. It, it, um, it does. It feels like it's made for millennials, and that's fine. But like, it's not my thing at all. Yeah, um, I mean, I disagree. It's, it's got it's got a pretty cool sense of humor, and I think the way that it translates to gameplay is super interesting because the game is a third person action game before it is a rhythm game and the rhythm game is then layered onto that third person combat and fighting where you could actually play the game with no rhythm and be really shitty at it and still be able to have a functional time basically the fact that you can hit things on rhythm just allows you to perform better in those fights um I had trouble playing it on stream just because of latency, which became a little bit of an issue. If you ever played like Guitar Hero on like an early HD TV, you know exactly what I'm talking about, where you'll hit the notes and it'll make sense that it would hit, but then it registers a millisecond later and gives you a fucking broken broken strum. Uh, yeah, I never played that. The actual game itself is just very cool. It's a $30 game. It's selling incredibly well. Uh, Tango Gameworks coming out of left field with this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, evidently it's been in development since like 2017. Yeah, like for Tango Gameworks, like you can kind of see the Evil Within guys going to Ghostwire Tokyo, right? Like they're not the most different in themes. Like they're both kind of spooky, but you can't see the Ghostwire Tokyo guys going to Hi-Fi Rush. I feel like like that's a it's an out of left field thing. Um, Which it was, it was pitched by like the one single American developer in that studio. Yeah. Um, and then he directed it. And they went for it. I, I yeah. truly only played the game for about an hour and a half, but the hour and a half that I played with it has been awesome, and I am really looking forward to do it. It's got, like, everything that I really want. The art style, if you like cel-shaded graphics, if you're a Jet Set Radio person, if you've ever played, like, Auto Modelista, uh, if you like that kind of, like, Wind Waker almost art style, this game is ridiculously beautiful like it's one of the coolest looking games ever to the point that gameplay and cutscenes sort of mesh together in a way that you wouldn't even believe that you're now playing and it's got interesting storytelling in that like it plays for laughs really often but it's i don't know what separates it from other video games but there's like almost like there's like a reliance on physical humor in this, which is how many times have we talked about physical humor in video games so often, right? No fucking never because it never happens, but it's like very few times in a video game. Have I watched somebody get like sucker punched in the face and thrown up against a wall and then actually like audibly like snorted or like laughed a little bit, you know? And yeah, 
it's just a very interestingly directed game. I, I can't recommend this thing enough. It's wholly unique, and it's fucking available. It's on Game Pass. You can stream it. You can play it on Xbox Series X. You can play it on PC. Uh, oh, I bought an Xbox Series S. Did I tell oh. you that? No, you didn't. Yeah, kind of out of nowhere, dude. Um, I was a little bit confused on the Xbox Series X backwards compatibility. I thought that you could just put in any disc and it would play everything from the 360, Xbox One, and original Xbox era, but it's still based off of the backwards compatibility lists, which I didn't realize. For some yeah, reason, I thought they pain. had kind of figured that out. So that being the case, I have an Xbox Series X, uh, an Xbox One X. I have an Xbox 360, and I have an original Xbox. So my Series X ambitions have gone out the window. And I always said that I'd buy a Series X when they gave me a reason to. And Hi-Fi Rush is not available on the Xbox One. They gave me a fucking reason. Uh, and I said, you know what? I'm not going to buy a fucking Series X. I don't need this to look and play the best. I have a PlayStation wait. 5. You bought, you bought a Series S just to play this? I basically, I mean, to play everything that comes out in the future. You know what I mean? But it's, this was the straw that broke the camel's back. I kept saying, for two years, this system has been out. And I've said, as soon as they give me a reason to upgrade, I'll do it. I've been playing everything on the Xbox One X and having no problems. They finally put out a game. They actually did it. Metal Hellsinger was the first game that came out only for the series, and I couldn't play it on the One X. I was able to play it on PC, but it wasn't a, a good performer, and it kept me from streaming it. So that being the case... The same day that I found out that news, I saw like a Wario 64 tweet that they had the $300 Xbox Series S was on sale for $240 shipped directly from Microsoft, which is See, I, honestly a fucking steal, dude. I could not buy a Series S because it's literally just yeah. a One X without a disk drive. Yes and no. It's a, first off, I barely, I don't think I've used the disk drive on my PlayStation 5 once. Um, nor have I used it on my Xbox Series One uh, X in a long time. But with my Series, I am trading that disk drive for a solid state drive. Because that's what put it through. Was like, I've been using that Xbox One X for so long, efficiently, and happy with its performance. It's only the fact that it doesn't have that solid state drive that games are starting to be held back from it. So yeah. I figured keeping that performance, getting that solid state drive and losing the disk drive is a worthy trade for me. So I went for it and I'm happy with it. Like it, I don't need it to do more than it does. I think ideally they should release something between the S and X with literally just the X without a disk drive. Right. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. like a 300, $400, this, $500 price point would make sense. Yeah. Like something like PlayStation does. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I have the X that I barely use. If I could get one without a disc drive, I would be okay with that because I use Game Pass. But on it had the, still had the teraflops that you wanted. Um, have you seen yeah, a man, Series S important in person? Do what? Have you seen a Series S in person? Yeah, it's pretty small. Small, dude. Like, yeah. it, cool. Heavy, heavy yeah. as fuck. But you grab it. I grabbed it out of the box and I was like, this is a cool little piece of fucking merchandise. Yeah. Um, Oh, yeah, I've been enjoying it, and I like I just, Hi-Fi Rush a lot. I would definitely take uh, X without a disk drive over the X with the yeah. disk drive, you know? But I, I don't want to go impressive. so far down to an S. Impressive coming just, from you. Because you're, you a, you're, a big, you're a big hardware guy. Well, I, I am uh, a big physical guy, which I said copy. recently, I, I'm cutting back all my physicals except for PlayStation. I'm going to continue to buy physical PlayStation games. Mm -hmm. Um but nothing else will be physical from here on out. 
Um, yeah, I think that's right. unless it's just like something super cheap that I find. So or like a collector's edition of Masuing, something that you want. Yeah, but any collector's edition that Master I get Chief, will be on you want that Master Chief helmet for Halo Seven? Nah, <laughs> there's okay. not going to be a Halo Seven. <laughs> oh, there is. We'll get there. All right, you've one been day. playing Season, correct? Yeah, dude. This is like one of the most Zen games I've ever played. It is sure. su- such a great like. It's it's another cozy game. Um, so pretty much the the premise of this game is you are going around and cataloging the world before the season ends. And in this game, it's not a season like autumn to winter. It's uh, like the end of an era. Uh, it's the end of world as you know it. Um, so you're just going around m- making a catalog <laughs> of... Spry young lad making fucking end of the world as we know it jokes. I'm impressed with you. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it... Uh, it it's a it's a very it's like a you walk around you take pictures you make notes you uh you draw stuff you record things with your audio recorder um and it's just it's like a scrapbooking simulator sometimes uh but it, the audio is just beautiful like the music's great the sound effects are great sometimes you'll just be walking through the forest and you'll hear these beautiful birds singing um it's just a great time all around, and I—it's a short game. It's like eight to ten hours. I haven't finished it yet. I'm actually doing a playthrough for my YouTube channel, just a really like relaxed playthrough. Like I'm literally kicked back in my with my chair reclined, looking up at the big TV <laughs> when I do it. Um, it. Seems like that kind of game. Yeah, it's really good. I really enjoy it. Uh, I, it's uh, one. Hmm. I was gonna say I played the demo for about six minutes, and mm. I was like, uh, not for me. And I was like, I get it. I get what the game is. Just not me. It seemed demo, pretty. It seemed relaxing. Yeah, the demo is a pretty good representation of what the game is. Yeah. Going around. It was definitely a very slow burn. You move incredibly slowly. You point your thing at things, and you yep. make a scrapbook. Yep. And if you're not into any of those three things, you're yep. probably good to go on that. You know. Yeah, and I don't know why this interests me so much because it's like I'm not a scrapbook guy. Sure. But this game just uh, it 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 hit me somehow, and I don't know how. And it's yeah. also like the exact opposite of Dead Space, and I'm playing them side by side. Nice. Uh, so that has been interesting. It's my that's break cool, from though. Dead Space. Yeah. Yeah, it's that's really good. that's a good combo. It's, a good it's combo. also like twenty twenty five bucks, something like that. It's not too expensive, so I would recommend checking it out if you want a cozy game. Nice season, baby. Um. I started digging into Fire Emblem. Uh, Engage. This was, this was not my, <laughs> not not exactly what I was expecting. I yeah. was pretty hot on Fire Emblem Engage, and it looked good on paper. I'm a big fan of Three Houses, which I know you are. As I well. love Three Houses, and I've been a Fire Emblem fan for a long time. I played the first two on Game Boy Advance. I played the first one on DS. I played the first one on 3DS. I played uh, Fates Conquest or something like that. One of the three that came out for the 3DS as well. I played the GameCube version with Ike. I played a lot of Fire Emblem in my life, uh, and I like I'm a Fire Emblem fan. This has some of the best and worst that Fire Emblem has to offer, man. Uh, The problem with this Fire Emblem game is it feels so drastically different than 
the previous Fire Emblem. I felt like they were yeah. onto something. The last Fire Emblem Three Houses had a 50-50 split of cool JRPG exploration and relationship building with yep. like the characters in the game where you were kind of doing like a calendar-based persona type thing that I loved. That is, for the most part, fucking gone in this game. Uh, there yep. is no calendar. You can go back to your base in between missions and work on relationships, but it's only to improve stats, essentially. And the characters are generally shittier. There's more of them. They are expendable. They are mostly forgettable or caricatures. The, some of the main characters are standouts and whatnot. But, you know, all in all, not very impressive of a video game. Um, See... I hate that because I adored Three Houses, and ever since the reveal of this game, I wasn't super excited just because it looked not like Three Houses. Yeah. Um, and that hurts me. Yeah. But I will say, when you get into the actual battling, it's yeah. great. It's some of the best tactics RPG stuff that you could possibly want. Uh, I mean, the strategy in it is very cool and more in-depth than what Three Houses offers. The engage system with the rings and the emblem characters that you can summon add a pretty cool bit of depth to the game, and decision-making with how you pair those up is like a fun thing to do. But overall, the biggest problem, the biggest problem that I'm having with the game is so much of what I loved about Three Houses was informed by that time spent in between the battles, so that when I was in yep. those battles, those characters meant more to me. It was the most engaged i had been with a fire emblem game in a very long time with yep. losing that and having quite possibly the worst jrpg story that i've experienced in a long fucking time i worse am the than xenoblade 3 shut your mouth the, <laughs> problem, the, the problem that i'm having with it is that as opposed to loving these characters and wanting to protect them and wanting to do battle with them the vast majority of them i want them to die I want them to go away. I don't want to hear Fram and Clam ever speak again. They're like 14-year-old kids who won't shut the fuck up, and they speak in rhyme. Like, it is, mm. it is a grating JRPG. And I know that it's for some people, they're into that kind of thing, but the tonal differences between Three Houses and this are immense. And I am... It's like... It's the first time in a long time that I am... I would say, like, genuinely disappointed in a game that I had pretty high hopes for, which is disappointing, dude. Like, that's, it, it that's why I didn't pick it up. Is yeah, it just, I mean, if, when you know, yeah. you know, it was a smart move. I thought that I thought that there would be enough there. And the worst part was that, like, I was really looking forward to sinking my teeth into this. Like I said, I was on vacation for a full month and on literally the midpoint this game came out and I bought it for full price. I downloaded it to my system and I said, nice. I have two weeks with a ton of downtime to kick it and play fire emblem and like sink my teeth into this. And if you remember correctly, that's what I did with Xenoblade Chronicles three. That game came out. It really wasn't on my radar, but I was like, I just need something like beefy that I can put time into. And I did. And I ended up loving it. It became my game of the year fire emblem. I had all the time in the world and I put six hours into it. I was like, fuck dude. I don't even like, I don't even like this. I think that, I've gone back to it since, and I've literally skipped cutscenes and just been like, give me the next battle, next battle, next battle, and tried to just enjoy it like a game of chess, almost. And that's yeah. been a more enjoyable experience for me, and I think I'll probably get more out of it doing it that way. But, for the most part. Have you tried a game called Triangle Strategy that has no. a much more interesting story? 
perhaps a little bit less combat. <laughs> perhaps a lot less combat, even though the combat is like the best part about the game. I don't. Uh, I can't. I can't do it. I can't do triangle strategy. I don't blame you. I haven't finished it yet either. But it's such yeah. a good game. There's just a lot of talking. Just a yeah, lot of talking. Yeah, for sure. And the to- the talking has to be amazing. Like that's why I like Xenoblade. In Xenoblade. I could not wait to get to the next fucking cutscene, dude. Like a little bit anime tropey, no doubt. Uh, uh, sometimes yeah. cringeworthy, sure. But some of the best stuff always is. And that's the yeah. kind of thing that was like. I was hanging off of every side quest because I love these characters so much and I wanted to spend more time with them. Whereas this does the opposite where like literally I wanted to restart with permadeath on so I could eliminate some people from my party. I cannot believe a wild concept. I can't believe Pepsi hair didn't win you over. I named my character Pepsi. I actually have a great TikTok of like why you should name your character Pepsi in the game that came out really really good i took a bunch of screenshots because they'll say things like take this pepsi <laughs> like i'll take this pepsi, take this pepsi. i love, I love yeah. a nice pepsi yeah no problem <laughs> uh, wow well. so good but yeah Are fire gonna... Emblem engage is like my first miss where i think i actually might put it i might be starting my stinkers list early um that's tough dude yeah and then um hmm. anything else on fire Emblem? i was gonna say there's I was going to ask if you were going to suck down a Pepsi or should we let our I'm boy sucking down a Pepsi Kirby. on air right now. Oh, suck, that you got a little sucking transition. Yeah. Nice fucking work, buddy. Um, dude, so this is another game that is coming out on the 24th, I believe, of February. So it's uh, literally two weeks to the day away, two Fridays from now. You will be able to play Kirby Return to Dreamland Deluxe. This is a remake Kirby of the 2011 Overload. Wii game, which is a side-scrolling, very traditional Kirby game, and yeah. it was not really on my radar. I was like, I could easily skip this game. I think I played it at a GameCube or a Wii kiosk at like a Walmart or something, <laughs> 15 years Probably. ago, but. I, it was not on my radar at all, but they announced during the Nintendo Direct that there was a demo for it. I downloaded the demo and I played it, and I was stunned at how much I love this fucking Kirby game. It's so yeah. good. And you know what? You came into... No, you didn't come into my stream. This was on air. We were talking about Kirby in the impressions after the Nintendo Direct. And you said, this is more interesting to you than... Kirby in the Forgotten City because it felt yep. more like a traditional Kirby. And I said, Yep. No, Kirby, I said, Kirby in the Forgotten Land is fucking awesome. And you said, No, this is my kind of Kirby. And when I hopped in there, I immediately remembered, I was like, That's right, dude. Kirby is a 2D platformer. Like, yeah. the 3D Kirby was good. It was a fun diversion, no doubt. But this felt like prime Kirby, like the best 2D Kirby that you could really hope for. Looks, and I think it looks good. It does. It's got an interesting art style. It looks very similar to like what they did for Smash Brothers on 3DS, where they, like they gave it nice big bold outlines to the characters to make them kind of pop uh, and upgrade the visuals a little bit. But it is an interesting art style. It's not the most beautiful Switch game that's ever been created. Yeah. But it's four-player, full 2D co-op. It's got a lot of little enhancements outside of the standard 2D platforming. Um, there's like a bunch of party games that you can play with four-player, split-screen, or online. There's an additional epilogue with a different playable character as well once you beat the game and the game itself i believe has additional new power-ups that are peppered in as well so tell me there was kirby in the forgotten 
land or city or whatever it was. Oh, Forgotten Landy, I think. I think I might have called it both um, already on this show. <laughs> and then there was a what was the, the other one? It was like an ice cream thing. It oh, was like the Kirby's party game. Uh, Kirby's Gabagool. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Kirby, Kirby's Gabagool <laughs> is a uh, Kirby's festive feast. Fuck, what's it called? It's so stupid. I don't know. I don't um, know. Say what you're thinking. Has about that come it. out? Yeah, yeah, that, that came out? out. That was like not shadow dropped, but it was announced and then released like within three weeks. Um, okay, and then now there's this. There's been three Kirby games within a year. Kirby's Dream Buffet. Yes. Dude, I buffet. have... So, I do on YouTube, I do video essays from t- sometimes. And I have... <laughs> I have written down this idea for a video essay called Kirby Nintendo's Little Slut. <laughs> I think that I, would get the... I think, I think I need a new name for it. But, um... I... Nintendo no, loves... I think, I think to that'd just be great for SEO. I think it would get some clicks. That's all I'm saying. Absolutely. Here's the thing. Nintendo loves to just like kind of whore out Kirby to like shitty little games all the time. If you look at Kirby's Wikipedia page for like the mainline Kirby series, you will see games that you did not know existed where they will just throw the Kirby franchise. And this is the thing is that like the games are fairly successful, but they're just very like strange little eShop exclusive games where if I told you in the last 10 years there were 13 Kirby games that came out you wouldn't believe me but there have been so since 2013 we've had Kirby's Triple Deluxe which is actually like a mainline installment of Kirby but then Kirby Fighters Deluxe then DDD's Drum Dash Deluxe Kirby's Rainbow Curse which is like the sequel kind of for the Wii U to Canvas Curse it's actually kind of a cool game but it's a spin-off Planet Robobot, which is a actual Kirby mainline game. It's good. Yeah. Kirby's uh, Team Kirby Clash Deluxe, which is a spinoff. Blowout Blast. Battle Royale. Kirby Battle Royale, which is a 3DS, like, Smash Brothers clone. Kirby Star Allies, which is actually a pretty good platforming game. Um, Kirby's Extra Epic Yarn, which is a port of Kirby's Epic Yarn for the Wii onto the 3DS. Super Kirby Clash, eShop Fodder. Super Kirby Fighters 2, which is a sequel to Kirby Fighters, which is a sequel to a mini game from another Kirby game. Forgotten Land, Dream Buffet, and now Return to Dreamland Deluxe. Kirby is just constantly starring in, like, shitty games. They really destroy that IP all the time. Which is weird. Because it's still really like regarded as like Kirby stuff comes out and it's essential. But in reality, you could play like 30% of the Kirby games that come out and have a really good time with Kirby. Are you blown away? I feel like, well, I feel like I remember adoring a certain Kirby when I was a kid, but I can't even figure out which one it was. What <laughs> console was it? It was on the I DS. Can, I can probably help you out. The uh, Was it the DS one where you had to draw the, the line for the Kirby to roll around? Or was no. it a traditional? It so was a it traditional. Was probably Kirby Squeak Squad was the Squeak best one. Squeak Squad, yeah, yeah, it was Squeak Squad. That was fire, yeah. dude. Really good. There, the era of like Kirby on the DS and the Game Boy Advance are actually really, really good. Um, Kirby Nightmare in Dreamland, which is a, I think it's just a remake of Dreamland. I'm not positive, but it was like the big GBA flagship one. Like you would know the cover art for Kirby's Nightmare in Dreamland. Oh, I think it's a remake of Kirby's Adventure. Um, it's just so fucking good, dude. And then Amazing Mirror, I think, is the other one that I 
really love. Squeak Squad is good. All the way up to the DS one is good. Planet Robobot is like secretly one of the best Kirby games ever fucking made. And that game's not even 10 years old. That's anyway. a lot of Kirby games. Yeah, Kirby's a, Kirby's a wild franchise to keep track of. Um, look forward to my video essay, which will have a brand new name sometime soon. Kirby, no, Return I, to Dream like Down Deluxe name. is now on my radar. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we'll see if it sticks. Um, no, um, but I, I like I it. The, the, name, the demo is free. It's two full levels, two mini games, and a boss fight, and then you unlock a special version of the boss fight at the end. I spent 35 minutes on it, and it went from a game that I was absolutely going to skip to a game that I very well may pick up in a couple weeks. Or it's a kind of like a yeah. timeless Nintendo game, so I don't think that I'm going to be like, oh, I got to go out and buy it right now. But come like hold June. Hold on now. Hold on. You you keep telling me, oh, you might as well just buy it at release. It's going to be $60 either way. Yeah, so. that would make you feel better. That's, yeah, you're right. I'm being hypocritical. I'll admit that. Yeah. But I think yeah. for Kirby, for Kirby, for some reason, <laughs> this one being like, I don't know, something about this game makes me want to just get it and like hold it for like the summer months when like there's nothing coming out in June. Oh, yeah, yeah, play yeah, Kirby. yeah, that's fair. But I don't know. That's probably when I'll play Fire Emblem. Don't. So. Don't get Fire Emblem. I just sand. Well, I was Fire gonna, Emblem. I was gonna get the vouchers and use one on Fire Emblem and one on. You gotta get those vouchers, Zelda. Yeah, I, I, yeah. We gotta I talk about know. those vouchers. We'll, we'll get, we'll get to yeah. it when we get to Nintendo Direct. Um, um speaking of, one... <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Transition. Know. Transition. No, bro. no, it was a bad transition. It was a bad. Transition. I want it. I, I want know. it. I gotta hear it. Speaking of. I was going to say, speaking of whoring out franchises, but I don't think I'm allowed to say that, am I? <laughs> yeah, whatever. Who the fuck cares? Um, Marvel's Midnight Suns. Yeah, dude. I'm excited to talk to you about this. I've watched a streamer play. It, I've probably watched 60 hours of Marvel's Midnight Suns, which is it's so weird. Game. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it, it's, it, it's, it's crazy. It, it is a, I will call it a very good game. I think it's, I think it's a great game. Um, I think it would probably work best portable, um, mm. because I, I have it on PlayStation and I played probably about 20 hours of it and I kind of put it down in favor of some other things that were coming out. Um, I'll definitely go back to it. The, um, it's not that hard. It's, you know, XCOM games were like super hard. This is not that hard. I think it's definitely to onboard like youngins with the, the Marvel franchise. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but they're like. I want to say there are like 20 levels of difficulty that you can continue to ramp up. I play it on easy. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but no, it it's got a, a bunch of cool Marvel characters. I um, called this game a fucking time goblin because it is absurd how much it asks of you. Like missions so long. are lengthy. The amount of things that you can do in the like overworld back at the, what they call the area. So much the, the Abbey. The Abbey is ridiculous. Yeah. Like it's like almost its own open world, right it there. It is. Um, the cutscenes are wordy and lengthy, and there is just so much going on, and it, it takes its time peppering things out to you. Like you, you'll go six hours and then unlock another character, and it just keeps on breathing new life into the game. It is yep. written in a very strange way. Where but it, it all works because it's so fun. Like the combat yeah. is so fun, and like. If you're like me and like you go crazy over Marvel stuff, then like mm -hmm. learning about all these characters and just getting to have freaking book club with Blade, like yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of the shit that it does is so fucking corny and stupid, but it just like somehow works. Like the tone, the tone works. Um, there was a interview 
where uh, they talked to one of the developers over at Firaxis, and they said, like, what Marvel said about making this game was, when you were writing these characters, yeah. you should be able... Do you know this quote? Where, yeah, you should be able to identify them by, like, one line without seeing who Without said using the line. their name, right. Yeah. You should be like, that's I hate Blade, that. I hate Blade that. talks like that. That is missing the mark 100% on, like... It, it definitely is. you just need is. to be able to say yes, not like, yes, Bob, yeah. or whatever the fuck, yeah. you know, the situation is. Uh, I, I do take. hate that. Because it, it like, it gets a it makes little it over bit the top, and you end up in those situations where like nobody in real life talks like that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like even if you're a superhero, and it's like I really want to like Captain Marvel in this game. Mm -hmm. Like Captain Marvel is one of my favorites, but she's so obnoxious because she's like, yeah, yeah. No one oh, can about, lay a finger dude, on me. How about Captain America's fucking? Upper oh my body. god, he looks like a freak. It's so dude, funny, dude. It's you were in stream when I seen. found him or something like yeah. that. Captain America looks like a freak. He like, does. Oh He's my all god, chest, they, no legs. They should have done something there. He looks so bad. It looks like mm -hmm. a late PS2, early PS3 character model. Yeah, it's fucking um, funny. But no, I love it. I, I've yeah. enjoyed the characters. Um, Doctor Strange is in a club called Emo Kids club or something like that Sounds um, right. it's just silliness um there are some characters that are more annoying than others but they're uh, like so spider-man is voiced by yuri lowenthal who voices spider-man in the marvel spider-man games oh um, yeah so he does a wonderful job at spider-man and Slipping honestly right back into the role that's all i care about right as long as they do spider-man good i can deal with all the rest heard that it's a good game it's a good game yeah seems good but you just know what you're getting into it's a lot. Yeah, it's a long game. If you want a game that will last you a while and you like card if you like if you like tactics and cards, then you'll like this game. Yeah. Show enough. Mm -hmm. Very dope. Alright. I want to do the last thing that I played from the Nintendo Shadow Drops. And that's Sea of Stars. This is a game that we've actually talked about on this podcast quite a few times. And we we're both yep. passionate about it. And let me tell you, this game lives up to the hype, dude. So Sea of Stars is from the developers of The Messenger, which is a 2D side-scrolling game, which is a... Don't, don't skip it. Don't skip it. Go play The Messenger. It's so good. I skipped it already. Oh, you fool. You can go back. There's still time. Um, it feels like a no-brainer to give The Messenger away when you pre-order Sea of Stars. I wonder if they'll do that at some point. Doubt it. They're so different, though. They're so different. And they're really not pushing the fact that they're connected. But nonetheless, Sea yeah. of Stars can be enjoyed without having any knowledge of the messenger. Uh, it is a Chrono Trigger-inspired JRPG. Very, very traditional-looking JRPG. And it is absolutely fucking incredible. So they announced the release date. It's coming out August of this year. But they announced a demo available on the Switch exclusively that you can go download right now. And the game is sublime jrpg goodness the soundtrack is amazing the battle system although similar to chrono trigger is now using more like quick time actions in it as well so it's a little bit more engaging and some of those actions are like almost like rhythm based or timing based that are so fucking fun to perform it has the best art style that i've ever seen in a 2d rpg like it is truly even though it's like pixel art, it's like the most beautiful game I might have ever played in my life. Like there's just something up there's something about this game that is perfect to me. And it's a great yeah. slice of a demo. 
It's a demo that knows it's a demo. This is not a carry over your progress. You're playing the first hour of the demo and it's not a vertical slice demo either. It's like a multiple vertical slice demos. So what it does is the demo dumps you in at the beginning of like an exploration quest and it gives you a little bit of an idea of how it works traversing not so much the overworld but like a exploration area so you're going and you're starting at the top of a mountain you're kind of working your way down you go into a cave you go out of a cave you fight three enemies and then it gives you a screen where it's just like some time later and from there you end up in a pub a bar of some sort where you end up like uh having like i don't know i think i think it's like a not like in the middle of a mission but i guess it's like you're ob obtaining a mission that you're about to go on but it's more so an example of how the npcs carry themselves if this makes sense it's got a very tongue-in-cheek writing style where like it knows it's kind of like a dumb jrpg and you're yeah. talking to these pirates and they have like stupid little quips but they work and you get this quest and you get some extra party members and you go out on this quest and you get your little slice of the demo that's like the jrpg town so this is your next 15 minutes and you're spending your time talking to npcs and uh buying gear and uh doing some little like bits of like exploration like if you go under the bridge and then up to the left you can actually get into that house that was locked from the other side that type of thing it's just doing another good job of explaining like this is some of the stuff that you'll be doing in this game when you visit towns so now you've done your exploration you've done your town city sort of upkeep area then you go to the world map world map is very small very easy to navigate you're kind of going from landmark to landmark and then entering in another large area the third part of the demo where the beefiest part of the demo is is a full-on dungeon with exploration and puzzles to solve and the puzzles are far better than i ever thought that they would be they have uh quite a bit of intricacy to them where you're using some of your in-game skills like I called it pocket sand, but it's basically like a air burst where you're pushing mm -hmm. stones around so that you can traverse to different parts of the world. You're collecting crystals. <laughs> yeah. You're collecting crystals to portal around. Um, I'm going long on my explanation for sea of stars. The demo there continues. I played an hour and then I ran into a hard crash. If I'm being honest, we're calling a spade a spade. Yeah. Um, I didn't lose my progress. You can save multiple times. My camera's out of focus. If you're watching the video version, sorry about that. But, um, didn't ruin my experience whatsoever uh, i got a really good look at your thumbprint right there i'm gonna go steal yeah please feel free to steal my identity or whatever um, <laughs> follow me on it's, follow me it on instagram focused in on you I, dude it's so <laughs> blurry it's it, so blurry it is not looking at you at all <laughs> it's the most unfocused it's ever been <laughs> i'll do this if i cover my face and then show my face sometimes it works no oh my nothing. god <laughs> if you guys uh, if you guys follow me and message me game list blurry cam, then I'll message you the three wacky letters on the wacky numbers on the back of my credit card. Yeah. Okay, there we go. It's good. Now. Um, you fixed it. So, what TLDR? Play the demo. Play the demo. Get excited for the game. It was a game that I was excited for, and now is at the top of my list. Like I might be as excited for Sea of Stars as I am for Final Fantasy 16. Wow. Not, not 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 as hype as I am for like Seven Rebirth or Kingdom Hearts Four, but like top five most anticipated games that has been announced in, in existence. Um, it should also be noted that the demo they've said on Twitter the demo is coming out on PlayStation and Steam later this year. So yeah. 
yep. if you don't have but a switch right to play switch the demo exclusive. yeah um but this is going to be when it drops on august 29th it is a steam switch and playstation game it's not on playstation Xbox. 4 which is interesting playable on playstation Only 5 PlayStation 4? yeah i don't think there's like a native playstation 5 version but yeah, you know how really it is. You can, you can play Who PlayStation knows? 5 games on there. Uh, and I bet it comes to Xbox eventually. But I think it has to do with like the way that it was announced because it's a crowdfunded game, technically. So there was a Kickstarter for it. And when the Kickstarter was funded, it was funded for PlayStation 4, PC, and Switch. And they hit, I yeah. think, milestones. That yeah, it doesn't even say right now. For that. Um, but Weird. yeah, Sea of Stars, uh, run, don't walk. It is fucking awesome uh i want to talk a little bit just uh, hand in hand here about chained echoes which is a game that snuck out at the end of december of last year it's on game pass it is very similar to sea of stars it doesn't look as good but this is very much an indie game in the truest form it was made by like one guy with like an assist from somebody else but this is a another chrono trigger like that is extremely extremely impressive and the full game is available now it's like 30 40 hours long it's an indie game but it's not a short or small game in any way and it is really really cool it's got a super engaging story that i am still very interested in playing through because of what the opening looks like if you have an hour to give to each of these games sea of stars and then chained echoes the full version on game pass i would recommend doing so because this one sucked me in I really want to find out what the fuck is going on. Uh, but Chain Echoes has a battle system that I think is maybe the coolest thing to talk about. It is the same idea as like Chrono Trigger. You have like three or four characters that you're controlling in a turn-based battle. But it has this system where I want to say it's called like the overdrive system. And basically you have like a meter on your screen at all times. And whatever you do for your standard JRPG attacks, whether it's cast a spell or cast like a tech or cast just a regular attack you're going to feed or take away from this meter and when that meter is in like the sweet spot in the green like halfway filled you get bonuses where you're doing like 1.5 damage but if you go above or below that sweet spot in the meter the enemy gets buffs as well so what it creates is like this really delicate balance of casting interesting skills attacks you can't just go balls to the wall and cast fire for every character on the character that has like a fire weakness because if you do that they'll end up in overdrive mode where they're going to deal more damage to you so you end up trying to layer in strategies of how you attack in a very unique way i'm probably doing a poor job of verbalizing why this fighting system is so cool but if you're a sucker for chrono trigger or any of those old jrpgs the i would say like the final fantasy sixes of the world um Chrono Trigger, if you played Live Alive last year and you like that kind of thing, uh, Chain Echoes is definitely not worth skipping. I'd say you should check it out. Did you um, play Live Alive? Yeah, I played a little bit of it. I didn't. I didn't oh, finish. you didn't finish it though. Yeah, I should have. Tough. Yeah. Um, Seems cool. I think. I'll go are you gonna to play? It. I know we're gonna talk about it later, but are you gonna play Octopath Traveler? No. <laughs> I feel like I you played like, like two hours of Octopath and I couldn't get into it. Mm, that's fair. I I didn't I didn't like the uh, separation. I guess. Yeah, I I apparently the, the new character. one's supposed to be more collect like connected. Yeah, the live um, alive was intriguing because like Octopath for me suffered from 
I was playing eight different characters with separate stories, but all kind of in the same like world and universe where it was like, I'm yeah. sure they're going to come together at some point. Live Alive, each story was so drastically different that the whole time I was like, how the fuck is this going to come together in any way? And then when I yeah. started realizing some connections, it's actually doing some pretty cool storytelling shit. Okay. Um, okay. So now that we're out of like new release zone, you've been playing, you've been going back in history and you played a bunch of fucking Star Wars? I played a lot of Star Wars. So I played Why? Star Wars Battlefront just because they're good games, man. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, so Star Wars Battlefront 1 and 2 were like my childhood, especially 2 on the PS2. Um, so there was a Star Wars collection on Fanatical, I think, on sale. So I got like 20 OG Star Wars games for like 20 bucks. Um, so I bought it, played through Star Wars Battlefront 2, 2005 on uh on and then i was like you know what let's go play all the rest it, it really started with me and uh freight train friend of the show actually he's been on the show only um, guest yeah our only guest we were gonna do a like a little series where do you remember the galactic uh conquest game mode yeah I think but only because you refreshed my memory yeah, so it's pretty much you have like a galaxy map and it's kind of like a game of chess, but each time you go to claim a planet, you have to win a battle on that planet to claim it. Um, and you can do space battles and whatnot, and the first person to finally claim the entire galaxy wins. Um, so we were going to do that, but <laughs> for some reason, that's the only mode that doesn't have online in the OG game. That is the only mode that doesn't have online play. Um, so... Then began my quest to find out how else we could play Star Wars. So I went back, played Star Wars Battlefront 1 um, from 2004, and it ran, honestly, amazing. Like, <laughs> it, it was so easy to run on my PC, which Star Wars Battlefront 2 gave me a ton of issues with, like, uh, compatibility and everything. Mm. And it was running great, and then it just hard crashed my computer after about 30 minutes. I was like, uh, we're probably going to avoid that game. A classic. Yeah. So then from there, I went and I played Star Wars Battlefront from 2015, um, which is honestly still a wonderful game. People hated on this game way too much. And then I played some more it's Star Wars Battlefront 2. It, it was a little limited. I, I, I'll give them that. Um, but then I played Star Wars Battlefront 2 from 27, 2017. Um, which I, I had the platinum on that game. I have a couple hundred hours on that game. It's one of the, my favorite games uh, ever, probably. Um, nice, man. Right know there. how to make a shooter. Yeah, they do. They do. Um, know it, how to resolve a people, controversial launch. They sometimes. do. Like, people hated on that game way too much. I understand the launch issues, but, like, they fixed it, and that game is stellar now. If you hop in that game now, it is so good. Mm. Um. So I just went through and played every Star Wars Battlefront game in the matter of a couple of days. And I was even, I'm working on getting uh, 2015's Platinum now um, before like the servers go offline, I'm sure, yeah, in the next sense. couple of years. Um, but they're just great games, man. And I want a new Star Wars Battlefront game. They some they hit like nothing else, honestly. They just have, yeah. they, they have this spot that they hit. I'm telling you, man. Conquest. Great. Lord of the Rings Conquest. Go check it I out. It's the missing link. I, I need to try it out. It's really cool. I'll try it out. Um, do we have anything else to talk about for things you've been playing? Anything else you just want to mention? Um, into? I'm playing Anthem. I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah. No. 
I redownloaded Battlefield it. 2042. It's supposed to be a lot better now, but I haven't had time yeah, to check I it out. I think it's not. Um, I downloaded <laughs> Godfall. I haven't played it yet, but I also wouldn't recommend it. Why are you this way? You just look, you literally just like you make Got fun Saints of me. Row. Yeah. Okay. That is ridiculous. What? It, let me write this down. The fucking four games that you just rattled off are Anthem, Godfall, Saints Row, and what? Battlefield 2042. 2042. It's like <laughs> widely. I'm, that's I'm like you make fun of me for liking like. Vex and Scalar and like games that are like legit sevens from like 2006 through 10 and then you're playing like what's widely regarded like you just listed four of like the worst high profile reviewed video games of the last Absolutely. five years no I, I totally so agree weird. I, I've out of nowhere I've gone on like a speed run of bad games and I don't know why and you know yeah. how I am is like once I start you know a happens. game I don't want to stop it Destiny. until I get the platinum um <laughs> shut up I don't I don't want to talk about it um oh, <laughs> but i i um yeah i don't want to stop the game until i have a platinum so i've got like 40 hours in anthem now and i'm trying to finish it up um man i'm so ready to be done with that game i can't wait to delete that game yeah i mean <sighs> i could have told you that on any of these but but i All also right. i'm not playing anthem and godfall alone i'm playing it with a friend so it makes a bad game an okay game so sure. i'll take it yeah that is uh, generally how it goes. Uh, you want to get into the news? Let's do it. There's there's quite a bit. There is quite a bit of news. There's uh, I mean, here's the thing though is that if you are a there's listener, quite a bit, but it's pretty quick. Yeah, if you're a listener on the podcast feeds, then you might not have the full gameless experience because we do a lot of reaction stuff these days. I'd urge you to check out the YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash at gamelist show, or just search gamelist in YouTube. You'll find us. Uh, we're the two handsome guys. What you'll find though is reactions to all of the big gaming events that come out, uh, specifically the Nintendo direct and the Xbox developers direct from this past month. So if yeah. you want more in-depth like reactions and us talking about things in real time and sort of unpacking that fully, if if the conversation that we're about to have about those feels abbreviated and you want more, feel free to check those out because we talk about our impulsive reactions to them in the moment, yep. and I think it makes for really good content. But uh, let's do let's do a little bit of a recap. The we'll start with the Nintendo Direct because it was more recent. Then we'll get into the developer Direct. Then we'll get into general news, and we'll still talk about what's incoming as well. So the Nintendo Direct. Let's start with a quick rundown of everything that happened. We talked already about Metroid Prime Remastered, which is great. It's shadow dropped. It's available now. They opened the show with Pikmin 4, which Pikmin is not on your radar. No, no, I won't play it. Okay. Um, but I drafted it in my uh, Fantasy Critic. Probably a really good draft. Um, Hopefully. But that game is announced and coming this year. And it, they, they showed a good chunk of it. It looks like the game is ready to rip. That's for sure. Uh, I will probably play it. I don't know for a fact if I'll jump in there. Uh, my I feel like Pikmin, you have to play it after how much you loved Tinykin. Yeah, but Tinykin is more of a platformer, not a puzzler. Like, Tinykin has some Pikmin DNA, but Tinykin I would almost equate more to, like, Mario 64 than I would Pikmin. It just has. I some... feel like this looked more like Tinykin than it looked like Pikmin Three to me, just from an outside point of yeah, view. Yeah, I guess maybe a little bit too, but I don't know. It, to be determined. We'll we'll play that one by year. A, a demo would be nice. Yeah. 
We'll find out. Um, we'll save Zelda. We'll talk about that in depth in a little bit. The Splatoon 3 expansion pass was super interesting. Where it showed the yeah. first one where they're bringing back the hub. Uh, also, it was July 21st for um, Pikmin 4. I don't know if I said that. Uh, Splatoon 3 expansion pass. The first part is the Splatoon 1 hub is coming back with all sorts of new functionality for the first DLC drop. And the second DLC drop... What, what, explain what you saw. I saw a desaturated Squidville um, that... I don't know. I don't really... It just looked... Everything looked desaturated. And I it don't know what to I don't think it that. was like... I don't think it was a saturation it thing. Wasn't I think it wasn't like color. It was a colorless thing. It was colorless, yeah. So I imagine it's going to be something like you're painting the you're you're restoring yeah, the world. Yeah, so it was like basically what you saw was like what looked like a traditional Splatoon overworld area, but everything was in white, like a blank yeah, canvas essentially, and you're going to be painting things. It really reminded me of like how you would start like chicory, uh if you're familiar with that. Yeah, game. kind of, yeah. Um and then it would do like these weird, like almost like cerebral flashes of watercolor paintings of like uh, mostly like earth tone characters from the Splatoon world. A very strange tease. It's called Splatoon 3 Side Order. Um, the last Splatoon 2 had an expansion pack was the Octolings expansion, I believe. And it's a very well regarded, well reviewed expansion. So really exciting stuff. Um, we talked about Kirby Return to Dreamland Deluxe. We played that demo. They dropped that. The other big shadow drop was the Nintendo Switch Online and Nintendo Switch Online Expansion Pass are respectively getting Game Boy games, Game Boy Color games, and then the Expansion Pass is getting Game Boy Advance games. And those are available now. Pretty fucking cool. In a long time coming. This has been rumored for so long. Uh, for the Nintendo Switch. Are you a Nintendo Switch Online uh, subscriber? Just the lowest one. I don't have the expansion pass. No, that's fair. Um, I, I don't even know why I paid the... three bucks a month for it. I, I haven't played online on Nintendo since uh, like the last Mario Kart thing you did. Yeah, Mario Kart's fun ago. to have. So for the Game Boy on launch, you have Tetris for the Game Boy, Super Mario Land 2, the six golden coins, which is fucking awesome. Metroid 2, the return of Samus. That's the second time that game is coming up today. Kirby's Dream Land, uh, Game Boy Color, Legend of Zelda, Link's Awakening, DX, Alone in the Dark, the New Nightmare, which is the most out of left field one. Game & Watch Gallery 3 and Wario Land 3, which is another banger. I'm really interested in Wario Land 3 and Super Mario Land 2. It's a weird selection, though. Weird that we didn't get Mario Land 1. Weird that we didn't get Mario Land 3, which is Wario Land 1. Weird that we didn't get Wario Land 2. Interesting selection, but I'm sure uh, they'll be peppering out more of these. Uh, they also gave out Gargoyles. And then for Game Boy Advance, they have some really good ones. Minish Cap right off the jump. Uh, Super Mario Bros. Advance 4, which is Mario Bros. 3 with a coat of paint and some extra levels. Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga, which is a fucking banger. Uh, Mario Kart Super Circuit, the worst Mario Kart, if you want to check that out. Karu Karu Kururin, which is a great puzzle game. Go play it. It's fucking cool. And then WarioWare Mega Micro Games, the first WarioWare game, which is just so good. And then they announced uh, some games that are coming soon as well, including F-Zero, Golden Sun, Metroid Fusion, Kirby and the Amazing Mirror, second time that game's coming up. Um, just exciting times. Exciting times. Yeah, lots um, of stuff. Professor Layton is coming back. They showed off some more Illusion Island, the Disney game that kind of looks like Rayman. Advance Wars 1 and 2 is now dated for April. 
Uh, showed off Bayonetta, they showed off Octopath Traveler 2, which also got a demo if you're interested in that. Remakes for Bat and Kaitos 1 and 2, if you like JRPGs, which I do. They're, uh, did, you ever play, um, did you ever play Chrono Cross? Yeah, a little bit. The remake? Yeah, yeah, I own it. it. The Chrono Cross uh, Fuckerly Edition. For the yeah. Radical Dreamers um, Edition. Radical Dreamer, yeah. It was in there somewhere. I just had to fish it out. Uh, it's good. It's a nice coat of paint for that game. And it's nice. It that looks that about the same level. Bat and Kaitos looks about like the same level remake as that, or like remaster. Yeah, I'll agree. Um, I think it's going to be priced not accordingly, though. My guess is that it's a $50 game. Um, they showed a preview of Mario Kart 8 Deluxe Wave 4, which is super interesting because they only showed one of the maps, but it's a brand new map inspired by Yoshi's Island, Super Mario World 2. And Birdo! Birdo, the first new character added to that game since 8 Deluxe launched eight years ago, seven years ago, That's six crazy. years ago. Yeah, pretty cool. Uh, I obviously lost my mind for Xenoblade Chronicles 3 because they showed off the full expansion. Now, the way that Xenoblade Chronicles 3 expansion passes work or Xenoblade Chronicles expansion passes work in general, is it's some DLC packs that add to the game, and then a full DLC expansion which also acts as its own standalone game. So the DLC pack is 30 bucks, includes all of the content and the expansion, or without playing Xenoblade 3, you could go buy that expansion standalone for $39.99 as if it was its own game. A little shorter than Xenoblade Chronicles 3 proper, but nonetheless, its own thing. Uh, really, really exciting. We love Katamari, which is Katamari Damacy 2, is getting its uh, re-roll. Uh, Fantasy Life game, eh, the Fire Emblem Engage expansion pass, which is going to give you more classic characters. Sea of Stars, which we talked about. Samba de Amigo is coming back. Maracas, Sega game. Very cool. And then the Dead Cells Castlevania we finally got a good look at. Huh. Any of those that we didn't delve into that you want to spend more time on? Can we talk about Fashion Dreamer? <laughs> yeah, are you in? No. Don't talk no, about no, it. No, no, no. Don't talk about it. Be about it. No, no, please. Spare me. <laughs> uh, how about the fact that there are multiple, like, anime cop games coming out? There's yeah. Rain Code and Deca Police. Yeah, it's like its own genre now. Yeah, Rain in? Code actually looks kind of good. Deca Police. I'll play. If really you play bad. Rain Code, I'll, play, I'll buy Deca Police. I'll make that obligation to you right now. Which might be funny uh, if one of them is way better than the other. You could play Rain Code and like it, and then make me play through Deca Police. Would be oh, so fucking funny. Well, here's the thing: I'll play last through it. I'm, I'm saying I'll buy it and play an hour of it. Well, you know? see, that's what I was about to say. Last time I made you play through a game, you got about four hours in before you gave up. Yeah, I, I'm promising even less than that, but I'm promising a full price see, you know, I, <laughs> purchase I of Deca Police, which is funny. If I had a full time job as a, you know, if I was out of school, then yeah, I'd take that deal. But can't do that right now. Uh, Tell Symphonia to is interesting. Gameless, Gameless Season 7 when <laughs> Colin's like full-time employed. Actually, he's going to take uh, every stupid be, bet that I give him and I'm going to play the most cursed shit. It'll be Season 3, dude. I graduate in a year. Look at us fucking go. Um, Look at us go. Wow. Um, Alright, let's talk a little bit about the Nintendo Voucher, which if you're not familiar with what the Nintendo Voucher is, I want to loop it into our following conversation about Zelda. And just kind of inform you because it's a weird and kind of complicated thing. The way the voucher works is if you're in the U.S., it's $99 for two game vouchers for the Nintendo eShop. If you're into digital games, then this thing is a no-brainer. Uh, 
Basically what you do is you spend $100 and you can switch these vouchers out for a selection of first-party Nintendo video games. Eligible games include things that are already out like Fire Emblem, Splatoon 3, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, Xenoblade Chronicles 3, Kirby, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, and games that are coming out where you can pre-order things like Advance Wars 1 and 2 Reboot Camp, Pikmin 4, and Nintendo's first $70 release, The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. So, Tears of the Kingdom. What I'm saying to you guys is if you're going to buy digitally Tears of the Kingdom for 70 bucks, spend the extra 30 bucks, use one voucher to do it. For the extra $30, you can now get another $60 Nintendo game Which, for half price. My question is do these vouchers have an expiration? Yes, one year from the day that the vouchers went on sale, which I think was like February 4th or something like that. That's, so you have to redeem have the to vouchers. Watch. You have to redeem the vouchers by this time next year, essentially. Uh, if you don't use it, you do lose it. So it is like one of those things where you need to pay attention. But if there's like a game that you're already eyeballing and you're getting Zelda, it's a no-brainer, you know. Or See, you the could just only go, game, yeah. The only game I'm eyeballing is Metroid Prime Remastered. I mean, you'd still save ten bucks doing it that way. Uh, yeah, I would still save ten bucks. Yeah, but. I mean, it's not the best way to do it. Doing Zelda and Pikmin would be the best way to do it because you're essentially spending a hundred dollars for a hundred and thirty dollars worth of video games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's, I mean, who knows? They could announce. Uh, Nintendo's Direct only focused on games that were mostly coming out in the first half of 2023. We do not know what Nintendo's big first party releases are for the rest of the year. They don't have their big yeah. October game, they don't have their big November game. Typically, we see something large. I would say there's still a chance that we get Donkey Kong or Mario by the end of the year. That being the case, you could possibly get one of those. $70 games if they're going for that price point again there as well and you could be spending $100 for $140 worth of games but to be determined what do you think of the price hike man uh I saw it coming I mean I don't know yeah. why people are surprised by it I think the worst part about it is that it doesn't come with a console jump which typically softens the blow of like you're expecting the the price of milk to go up during those time frames the fact that we've been spending $60 for games on the switch for six or seven years now and just they've decided the price is increasing by $10 is a little bit of a kick in the pants. But nonetheless, they're doing it at the right time, man. Like, if you have to do it, if it is like a... Again, these companies are not your friend. I know that it feels like Square Enix puts out Final Fantasy games just for you and your nostalgia. It's to exploit you for money. And that's what Nintendo does as well. Nintendo is not grandpa. Nintendo, sure. Nintendo is a fucking wealthy businessman looking to line his pockets further. And that being the case, they're going to get you for an extra 10 bucks because if you're in for Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, you are not going to turn around and say, I'm not getting this game anymore for the extra $10. You spend $25 to get a fucking pizza delivered for you and your girlfriend. You can live with spending an extra 10 bucks for what will probably be generationally, generationally the best Nintendo Switch game because the new Zelda trailer looks fucking good. It does know. look good. Uh, yeah. I, any differing which, thoughts on that? Well, I don't know how long it's been this way, but Nintendo's been selling $70 eShop cards for a while, so it's yeah. like it's been on its way. Yeah, it's but like, no, that doesn't cover 70... tax either. Uh, the $70 cards were it nice doesn't. because you could get, you know, Mario Odyssey, which would cost you 64 bucks, and then have yeah, plus tax. some money left over. But That's nonetheless, fair. I mean, if you go and look back in time, like <laughs> Super Mario World was 69 99 you know? And that's what, like, yeah, yeah. 
MSRP has always jumped around and it was not so bad. I don't know why nobody talks about the price of controllers going up. It's the real fucking crime. Games games 20 years ago were $50 and now they're $70. Controllers 20 years ago were $15 or $20 and now they're $70. Where are you guys shaking your fists now? <laughs> fucking got yep. it. Um, Zelda trailer was wild though. I mean... It looked good. I always say the same thing. These These trailers are so limited that to really get much out of them outside of it looking good being the take you got to watch one of those one hour videos where they break down the zelda lore and they're like well you see the dead body of ganondorf is actually rising from <laughs> under hyrule like they've, they've got it all fucking down and they're like and zelda is uh technically 140 years old like there's a whole rigmarole to all the lore that you can pull from these things if you want that Go find something that's not game list. We think it looks good. The thing that's obviously the the standout from this trailer is them laying into like the physics based traversal. It looks like even more. You're kind of making makeshift like vehicles and modes of transportation, which people were we doing think. In glitches. I mean, look at the thumbnail that they put out on their trailer. I, I know, it's, but we don't know if you're actually building it or if you're just hopping on it. It just, it looks modular. Like it We looks assume like, that you build it. Yeah, yeah. It looks like Link is standing on a platform and has hooked up for, I don't know, what are the fucking hover motor engines? Uh, Sure, hover thing. Anyway, that does it for the internet shittiest conversation on Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I've told you my history with Breath of the Wild is I played it for like 50, 60 hours. My sister borrowed my Switch and deleted and lost my save, your save file. Yeah. Yep. And then I just sold the game because I was done. Yeah, but you didn't and really also- miss much. Like, the, the fun of Zelda is everything that you do on your way to that final boss. It's not beating Zelda. Oh, I beat it. I mean, I beat the game. Oh, what the fuck? But I wanted to play more. Yeah, I hear you. deleted it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also never finished uh, Mario Odyssey. I thought it was boring, and I sold it. So. Oh, weird. I love Odyssey. Yeah. I love Odyssey. That's the best Mario uh, 3D platformer since Mario 64 to me. I was so I like it more than Sunshine. Odyssey. I like it more than Galaxy 1 and 2. I think mm. I'm in the minority there. Maybe. Whatever. Um, um, Nintendo Direct, baby. Let's talk a little bit about yeah. the developer underscore direct. Not the developer direct, it's the developer underscore direct. We already talked about what's probably the biggest announcement from that, which is... Hi-Fi Rush. Hi-Fi Rush being announced and shadow dropped, which was really cool. But yeah. let's just talk a little bit about like the format of this, which I fucking adored. I, I constantly shit on... CGI trailers for games at events where you show me none of your game and you just give me like a cool logo and a release date and then some bullshit video that's not even going to make it into the final version of the game. This was such a nice, intimate look. It was a 40-hour event, a 40-hour, a 40-minute event where they looked at five games. So each game got five to ten minutes to show off. And the games that were covered were Redfall, Minecraft Legends, Elder Scrolls Online, Hi-Fi Rush, and Forza. Motorsport reboot or eight, however you want to really swing it. And I don't think any of them really overstayed their welcome. But what was cool is that it had a focus not only on the game and the trailer and the gameplay, but also an actual conversation with developers from the studio. So you got to see a nice mix of everything that this game has to offer and then some of the thought process behind it. Um, Yeah. 
Forza looks like Forza, and it's going to be beautiful and really good. And they did not iron out a release date for it. Is that correct? No, but they told us all about the different layers of paint. That's right. And um, the sounds. It's it. This is this has more physics than the past four Forzas combined. I don't know what that means, but that was an interesting <laughs> statement. It's uh, so no, it looks pretty. I mean, it's going it to be exactly what these fans want. Yeah. Um, Elder Scrolls Online, nobody cares. Um, yeah. Minecraft Legends had its best showing yet. Looks fun. A game that looks really cool. It's a four versus four strategy game, and I think we're going to try to set something up where Colin and I are going to play against each other. We're each going to wrangle our own teammates and try to have a 4v4 battle with eight players. So look forward to more information on that, but uh, a really cool look at that game, and I think it's doing some pretty unique stuff. And then I want to let you loose on Redfall. Oh, Minecraft Legends announced for April 18th, so right around the corner, only about two months away. Redfall got dated for May 2nd, and you got your best yeah. look at it so far, and you are hot, lukewarm on it? Cold? I'm pretty lukewarm. Yeah, I The sure. longer I sit on this presentation, the less happy I am with Redfall. Mm-hmm. Um, I want... I, they just... They're... It's... Hmm. Arcane is a immersive sim developer that yeah. always kills it at immersive sims. And now I feel like they're trying to go like left for dead route, mm-hmm. left for dead route, open world route. And I just don't a little more. It's a little, it's games as a service, right? Perhaps it is a little bit more games as a service. There are a few things in this game that looked promising. Um, but overall I'm just, I'm not that excited about it. Yeah. I, I, I get where you stand on the game because of what you like about Arcane Studios and what they've traditionally made. For me, even though its theme is something that is directly in opposition of what I typically like, it's maybe the most interesting that I have been just because of my little core gaming group of four. Yeah. It might be a fun romp on Game Pass for us to hop in there for a few nights and kill some stupid vampires together i don't think this is something that's like big on my radar i doubt it's something that makes my game of the year or anything like that but it seems like a fun thing to mess around with and i think the the game pass aspect of it goes a long way for me yeah i definitely wouldn't spend 70 dollars on it but yeah i'll play it on game pass yeah definitely so um Remains to be seen, but it just disappoints a cool little me. event. I could go for Microsoft as long as they have the games to show. I would love to see more developer directs. I would love to see three of these a year and then one big event blowing everything out of the way. Yeah, I would like that as well. It, cool. it was a good show. It was a good yeah. show. Yeah, and it's nice for them to like, even though it's just straight up called a direct, just like Nintendo uses, it's nice for them to have some kind of anchor. You know, Nintendo has had their directs for 10 plus years. PlayStation has had their showcases and their state of plays for a long time. And Microsoft has just always thrown something else at the wall, trying to find what sticks where they would have like a Xbox anniversary thing, or they would have uh, the Microsoft and Bethesda showcase around E3. And they've never really had like a, hey, here's your once or twice a year update sort of thing yeah and now it seems like they put the money in there was like a theming to this developer direct it had like this hand-drawn art style whiteboard type of theme to it where it just seems like something that they can use and iterate on in the future so uh, overall a step in the right direction and it was microsoft showing games which is what they need to do still still not where they need to be overall compared to the other ones as far as what they have for software in the pipeline but uh steps in the right direction man 
Good for them. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And a fun I little agree. January thing. Like, typically we don't hear anything until the February uh, Nintendo Direct. And instead we got a little spice in January. Mm-hmm. Not bad. All yeah. Right. That's it for events. We got some news, though. We got, I, I, I mean, a couple of, like, pretty big stories. Let's do the PSVR stuff. You ready for that? Yeah. Yeah, so PSVR, PlayStation put out, like, their launch window lineup, um, yeah. which is a great lineup. Like, okay. I know this was one of your biggest complaints was yeah. not a good lineup, but this is, this is, like, the biggest launch lineup of anything ever. Sure. Like for for something that's not backwards compatible, this is an insane lineup. So I'm just gonna rattle them off real quick. We got, um, which keep in mind some of these are launch window, which could mm-hmm. be like a week to a month out. But we have after the fall, Altair Break. I think that's how you pronounce it. Before your eyes, which is one of your favorite games. It is one of my the favorite. Past a couple of recent years. It's it's probably uh, a City, top ten of all time. Yeah. Okay. Cities VR. Uh. Co- Cosmonius High, Creed Rise mm-hmm. to Glory, um, Championship Edition, Dark Pictures Switchback, Dimio, Desynchrona Chronos Alternate, uh, Fantavision 202X, Gran Turismo 7 with a free update on the PS5 version of GT7, yeah. uh, Horizon Call of the Mountain, Job Simulator, Jurassic World Aftermath, Kayak VR, uh, Kizuna AI Touch the Beat, uh, The Last Clockwinder, which I want to check out, um, the Last Brigade, uh, Moss One and Two Remaster, NFL Pro Era with a free PSVR two upgrade, No Man's Sky, uh, Pavlov VR, Pistol Whip free upgrade, Puzzling Places free upgrade, Resident Evil Village free update uh, to Resident Evil Village, uh, Res Infinite, Song in the Smoke, Star Wars Tale of the Galaxy's Edge, Synth Riders free upgrade. Tale of Onogaro, Tentacular, Tetris Effect Connected, Thumper, The Walking Dead Saints and Sinners 2, Townsman's VR, Vacation Simulator, What the Bat, and Zenith, The Last City, free upgrade. Like, if you're a VR fan, that's insane. Yeah. Um, Are there any of those that you want to talk about? Because there's actually, like, even since they announced the initial launch lineup, there are two added in here that I'm actually like, "Hmm, okay, that's actually kind of interesting. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, of the games I want to play, like, if I ever get to PSVR, I, I kind of want to play Before Your Eyes again, just because of the eye tracking and stuff. Um, I'd like to play Before Your Eyes again for the first time. Yeah, no joke, yeah. Because <laughs> it's legendary. If you haven't played Before um, Your Eyes, another quick plug for that game. It is, like, $3 on Steam if you want to play it with your webcam. You can play it with your phone via Netflix for fucking free you if you can. have a Netflix subscription. That's and now it's on VR, and it's one of the best video games ever created. Wholly unique Thank me later. Yeah. Um, I want to check out Switchback, which is the Dark Pictures game, because yeah. I they, they say that they are using, like, eye tracking to have enemies move at you when only when you're not looking at them. Um, so, like, there's so many cool things that you can do with their eye tracking in this. Uh, GT7, I'm sure, would be fun. Horizon Call of the Mountain, I want to play that. Last Clockwinder, I want to play that. Um, and then... So Pistol Whip is one of my favorite VR... It is my favorite VR game. Um, I own it twice on PSVR and on Oculus. Um, It is so good. You feel like John Wick, and it's a free upgrade, which is amazing. Uh, Puzzling Places looked interesting. 
Uh, it was like that puzzle game where you'd like move the pictures around and it would like change. It, it was very hard to explain. Um, and then uh, I, I think the I think Resident Evil Village would be kind of fun. Yeah, I'm sure. Resident yeah. Evil Seven is widely regarded as like a great romp in VR, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, for me, the 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 big wigs of the video game industry got some hands on time with Gran Turismo Seven and have all said it's a really really cool immersive experience and Gran Turismo it's awesome that it's just like here's the full Gran Turismo 7 only it's in VR makes it a really really enticing VR experience I think I think that's going to be a pretty cool thing to be able to like just like when you think about Gran Turismo and obviously like the first thing you think about is like the driving and things like that and how cool that's going to be to be in like a cockpit view and be able to look around as you go but I think also like the showroom aspect of being able to look in those cars and lean your head in and stuff like that just adds a, a pretty cool layer to it. So I think Grand Turismo is interesting. And then I did a little, when I was, I pre-shot a, a YouTube series called Quick Play, uh, where I check out the first 15 or 20 minutes of a game that I know little to nothing about on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Jake Twitching, like Twitching with no G, where I played um, the original Fantavision for PS2, which is a PS2 launch game. And I knew nothing about this game except for that it was like a $3 video game all the time used at like GameStop when I was a kid and mm-hmm. I played it and it is such a cool little puzzle game where you detonate fireworks and they're putting this game out in VR in HD and I think it's going to be so fucking cool um it is really like a visually exciting game and the fact that you're going to be able to watch this thing explode and have these technicolor things right in front of your eyes i think is going to be a kind of a cool tech showpiece for i don't know yes we are too but overall i, I think you're right uh, i'm not sitting here eating my words saying like oh this makes psvr2 a good purchase i think it's still overpriced i think in five years no one's talking about psvr2 um my guess is that you know it, it goes out with a a whimper but nonetheless, I think that they've padded the stats a little bit and that this launch looks better than it did uh, two months ago, which is nice. Point in their direction. I think you'll be surprised at the reviews of PSVR 2. I think the reviews will be good. I think it will be a uh, critical critical success and a commercial failure. I just don't think the market As the first one was. It. Yeah, pretty much. Same deal. I mean, honestly, it wasn't a failure. It sold 4 million units, so... Yeah, I, I don't think this will do that, those numbers. I think it'll go I short. think it will do better. Possibly. Possibly. I think it but. will. I think it'll do better than four million. No bet. No bet. <laughs> um we'll keep with the PlayStation theme and this is almost like a public service announcement. Go out if you go if you don't have a PS five yet and you're on the fence about getting one in the near future, go snag it before the start of May because the PlayStation Plus collection is going away. And the PlayStation yep. Plus collection, dude, is like a PlayStation five's worth of video games for free. Truly money wise um this is the install base reward for owning a playstation 5 in the first couple years of it existing it's a Um, bunch go ahead yeah well i I was for those of you watching the video version persona 5 has already left the collection it's been gone for a couple months now Um, but everything else is still available 
this is the launch uh, visual right now, but it's basically yeah. it's games like uh, Fallout 4, like Infamous Second Son, Uncharted 4, Resident Evil 7, Last of Us, Batman, Bloodborne. It's a I think it's 20 games total or so that you can go and claim, and they work the same as your PlayStation Plus monthly games. It's the full version of those games as long as you claimed them. After they go away, you can play them anytime as long as you have an active PlayStation Plus. Uh, subscription, which you need for playing online, and it works with just the regular essential version too. You don't need premium or anything. Yeah, yeah. It's as easy as owning a PlayStation Five, signing in once, claiming the games, and you could even let that subscription lapse until you wanted to play one of those, and then resubscribe to get it. So, uh, kind of a cool thing, and it's uh, it's going away, which you know, good things don't always last forever. So, figured we'd bring that up. Um, speaking of speaking things, about not lasting things that forever. Don't last forever. <laughs> masterful look how good we are at podcasting these days dude fucking yeah. legends um <sighs> last the R. last R. the last fucking 45 days have been a bloodbath of games as a service and there's just a couple of them and i think it's just an interesting thing to talk about where it kind of all started with marvel's avengers there was rumors for like 48 hours of like the game is not going to be supported anymore and as soon as that information leaked they just went public and said we're sunsetting fucking marvel's avengers so no more support for that game going forward it's going to be getting one last update in the near future to make everything that was ever purchasable for cash free and uh we'll never hear from it again but then the announcement started rolling in rumbleverse getting the same treatment after six months from the epic game store soon after that ea said no more Apex Mobile, and we've canceled internally a Battlefield Mobile game, and then Knockout and City, not to be left out. The EA also internally canceled a Titanfall Apex oh, single player game. Yeah, but it's not. It's not. That's a nightmare. But it's not so much of games as a service. The a big common thread for a lot of these cancellations, yeah, is it's kind of like failed games as a service games. And I think it's like a start of like a bigger conversation of like the only ones that have really hit and been successful are like PUBG, Warzone, Fortnite, Apex, Fall Guys. You're forgetting the definitive games as a service. Destiny? Destiny. Destiny 2. Yeah. Destiny, it Destiny's it had its trouble, bro. Destiny 2's launch was a fucking nightmare. Uh, and Every game and dimed, is a service launch. I guess, a and they nickel and dimed. Destiny Two shouldn't exist. It should still be Destiny One. Um, <laughs> I, I I wouldn't disagree with that. Like, uh, Destiny Destiny Two would be in a much better place if they did what Overwatch just did and they got knocked for, where they said, "Oh no, I disagree with that." Actually, this is Destiny Two It's a free upgrade, and you can buy the expansions. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. Nonetheless, games as a service, man. As shitty as this is, I like it. I like it. I like these things failing. I like that. I do too. <laughs> I like. I like that they are showing that like maybe every company that's trying to fucking put in-app purchases into their game should second guess it, and that maybe yeah. instead of going the Marvel's Avengers route, they should go the Jedi Fallen Order route. You know? Yeah. Maybe maybe if you're gonna release a seventy dollar game, make it a one and done twenty hour experience that just performs very, very well and does its one thing well, as opposed to making it something that is supposed to replace these juggernauts that are already out there as games as a service. It's a yep. weird time in the video game industry. And you have to wonder 
when the bubble's going to pop. And it seems like over this last month and a half. You know, I, I expect um, multiverses to be shut down in a year's time. Yeah, multiverses um, started off really strong and it has been very quiet since. They need, it's been a, radio silence. They need a gigantic release. Like, I don't even know what characters they put out recently, but. Well, they added Rick and Morty and we see how that went, so. Yeah, that was a poor timing. Um, yeah. You know, it's like, I don't know. I, I can't help but think about like Mario Kart. Like, Mario. Any other company would have. Mario Kart would be a free-to-play game where if you wanted Wario, Wario was 15 fucking dollars. <laughs> you know what I mean? And instead, Mario Kart, and I get it, it's like an older game now, but, like, Mario Kart instead gives you this one-shot expansion pass that doubles the amount of tracks in the game. And for a reasonable price, they allow that to, and they give it to you for free if you're a premium subscriber to their online thing. Like, I don't know. I wouldn't know. call it, it for free, but... Yeah, I know. Hi-Fi Rush is free if you pay $15 a month. Yeah. <laughs> it's that kind of thing. Yeah, um, it's that kind of thing. But, I don't know. It's, it's just an interesting thing, and I, again, in the long run, I fucking like it. Give us more of those good single-player experiences or fairly monetized multiplayer experiences. And if you like your games, play it. I don't want to hear people saying, oh, but Avengers actually got really good. Like, oh, Rumbleverse was actually... You should have played it then. You should have had more... When was the last time there. you played it? When? Tell yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. Six months ago. Gamers. Sorry. Fuckers. Uh, but yeah. Oh well. Uh, RIP. RIP E3 probably. Uh, PlayStation, Nintendo, and Xbox, Microsoft all dropped out of E3 2023, which is trying to rear its head back into the video game industry, but I think is uh, probably doomed to fail now, especially without these guys. E3's dead. <laughs> It has been it's for dead. some time, and these guys have been out of it. I think Nintendo had a show floor presence, but not a conference presence, and Microsoft was maybe the last people that had their umbrella there. Sony's been out doing their own thing for like six or seven years now at this point. Um, but the the big problem is that like they're kind of losing everybody on E3 because the big guys are out because it's no longer the trade show that it really used to be. And it's become more of a consumer event, which has always been an issue. It went from the public was not welcome at E3 to E3 is a public and private thing where there was days for the press only so that they could get their valuable hands on time to now E3 is just an open to the public situation where there's some behind closed doors press opportunities. But they've lost the casual public and they've lost the hardcore industry vets. And a lot of that is due to the fact that the people that are running E3 now with the ESA are the individuals that are responsible for Comic-Con and PAX. Not, not con, it's not like San Diego Comic-Con, it's like LA Comic-Con or something like that. But PAX, all very like consumer electronic shows, not so much press shows so tough times but i think that uh, the video game industry has proven we don't really need e3 as much as the the dream of like those 2006 through 2014 e3s is still alive how fun it would be to go there and be a part of the game industry and get to touch all this stuff early um i think a lot of people have just moved on to a nintendo direct is enough for us we'll enjoy it from our own home give us a demo if you want us to not crazy any any burning thoughts yeah. No, I mean, I I just agree. It's it's dead. It's over. Yep. It's done for. Last thing that we want to just touch on real quick about news. It feels like it was forever ago now at this point. But uh, they announced 
What is this thing called? It's got a cool name. Project Leonardo. Project Leonardo. It's the best fucking Ninja Turtle. I'm so stupid for not re remembering. <laughs> um, so it's a it's a accessibility controller for PlayStation, yeah. which is is long overdue. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I I just I'm excited for it, not for myself, just because I know video games is like the one of the biggest parts of my life, and it makes me happy to see more people have accessibility to the video games so yeah um, it's it's a new controller that's going to allow more people to play video games that couldn't play video games before yeah if it's yeah, not for they, you you need to be happy that it exists exactly because, and they brought in like a bunch of high profile disabled streamers and whatnot to help build this from engineering like all the way from the ground mm -hmm. up um so you know it, it hopefully so, that will it looks so strange and cool too like i i am really excited to see like i remember watching videos on like the xbox adaptive controller when it came out and the stuff that mm -hmm. that thing can do is truly mind-blowing i'm excited to see yep. um what this thing is actually capable of i think it's a think yeah it's a cool so this this has like like the adaptive controller it has a lot of inputs where you can mm. plug things in just to use what works for you just adding more options around the board and i think one thing that the dualsense edge has shown is that um they're going to have the software to back it up as well yeah um, well i think that's where so, maybe sony might separate themselves i don't know why i pronounced that weird might separate themselves from microsoft is that the adaptive controller is obviously the pioneer and has been huge for helping people you know that were unable to play games on a traditional controller play games now Sony has yeah. been ahead of the curve when it comes to accessibility within their in within software. their games. So like yeah. games like The Last of Us and games like God of War have had so many expansive options that now if you add not only those in-game software options with the yep. hardware options, you might be looking at you know people that were still unable to game on Xbox now finally being able to play on PlayStation, which yeah. is incredible. I'll take it. That's a that's a win every day of the week. Yeah. So no doubt. Happy for the people that this will benefit. No, no, no um, doubt. but there's no release date and we don't actually know the name of it yet just other than project yeah. leonardo so. but definitely the kind of thing where it's like look forward to this because it exists yeah. and yeah everyone should be doing so um yeah. the last thing we have to do is talk about what's coming so we're already 10 days into what's it called uh february february and <laughs> hogwarts came out today so yeah i'm we can start I, off I'm, with the i'm sitting here like like enjoying podcasting but at the same time in the back of my head i'm like when are we gonna finish so i can play hogwarts yeah i know I really we're already at hogwarts. like two hours and 15 minutes and we haven't taken any like cuts or breaks either so we're just kind of cruising through this i think good episode is what i'm saying yeah. so far is like yeah, i loved good. how not that it's like i don't love talking about the news but this is a game list. This is a podcast about our games of the year and we get excited about news when there's news to get excited about this wasn't a very news heavy episode. It was a lot of games that we played. And it's yeah, just fun and we've to really talk about learned, stuff that we know. We've learned over our first year to cut out news that doesn't that we don't have our, our own. If like, we're not excited about that news, yeah. either of us, if one of the two of us isn't into the news, we're not talking about it because it makes no fucking yeah. sense to. We don't want to be waste just like time. Debbie Downers on something. But we yep. do enough of that on each other's video games. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to do it to your video games at home. Good contrast. Um, so. yeah 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 uh but no it's, it's fun to uh talk about the news when there's news to talk about that interests us but for the most part yeah. talking about the games that we're playing is the way to do it baby um so february month news of games. that interests me 
is the fact mm-hmm. that Beyond Light is free on this February. Yeah, how's that work? Does that include Destiny 2 Base <laughs> and Beyond Light? Or Destiny 2 well, Base well, is ba- free? Destiny 2 Base is free. Okay. So then you just claim this and you get the Beyond Light expansion, which, which is gives one you of what? Five expansions? One of uh, Forsaken, Shadow Keep, Beyond Light, Witch Queen, and then Lightfall. So yeah, th- at the end of February, it'll be one of five. But Beyond it's- Light is special because this is the expansion where they added another subclass. Um, so this way you can get the other subclass for free before you get the even newer subclass in Lightfall. Yeah, that's cool. Because I, I own, I think I own Forsaken, which is the first one, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I own Destiny 2 and Forsaken and nothing since then, but I am a PlayStation player and it's cool that I'll be able to snag Beyond Light and get that kind of thing, you know? Yeah, exactly. Even if you don't play it, might as well grab it because who knows, you might be like me in one day fall into destiny and wish you yeah had and it up. did we even say that these are the playstation plus free games we just kind of went into it evil dead the game is also claimable ollie ollie worlds which is super fun yeah. is on ps5 and ps4 you can claim that then mafia definitive edition which is like only like a year and a half old cool that that's available mm-hmm. too um we skip the shit show at the fuck factory we don't talk about it unless they give games worth talking about that's our new policy for 2023 and yeah. i'm proud of it um let's get into what's coming up blanc baby on valentine's day play with a loved one or you know whoever but this wait is are a, we playing this or i don't know i haven't, I haven't... I, we haven't decided the thing is is that like it's a weird thing i'd love to play it when it comes out but it's also on valentine's day which is a tough time to uh-huh. stream with somebody uh so i feel like maybe this weekend or something like that like next weekend is the time to yeah. do it like on like the 17th or the 18th to be determined keep an eye on our twitch channels we're we're thinking about streaming block which it's 15 dollars oh i was about to say is it on game pass or anything no it's 15 bucks on switch and i think all the 15 is it only switch i don't know (laughs) probably should know that you're gonna look it up but blanc is the game that was showcased at a nintendo direct like six months ago where it's published by gearbox and it's a black and white game where you play as a deer and a fox, and it's co-op, kind of like a It Takes Two almost, where the entire game is played through co-op. And it looks, okay. uh, looks really fun. It's it's on Switch, Steam, and Epic. Cool. So, yeah, we have options. Nice, nice. But Blanc looks really cool, really unique. Um, we'll be interested to see how it reviews. Uh, next up is Returnal on the 15th for PC. I know you're excited for that one. Yeah. Um, that Rhythm. was my game of the year 2021. Yeah, that's right. Theater Rhythm, which I will definitely have opinions on next month. I am uh, big into rhythm games. I am big into Final Fantasy. This is going to be the most comprehensive Theater Rhythm that's ever existed. And there's a demo out for it now. I, perplexed. I am almost willing to bet that earlier in the show, you said you weren't that into rhythm games when we were talking about Hi Fi Rush. No. I'm going to go look later. I'm just, I, I, I could be wrong. I don't think I would have said that. Wrong. I've always played like Guitar Hero and Rock Band. I play drums in real life. I, I, like, I just tried to take a sip of my I like Frequency and, and Amplitude. I played, I owned DJ Hero Deluxe Edition, the Jay-Z M&M How did you feel Renegade about, um, what's its thing shutting down? Oh, I fucking, I played Fuser like a motherfucker until the bitter end. I feel miserable yeah. about it shutting down. I loved that game, and I had a lot of in-app purchases for it, and now I can't even fucking play it online. 
Um, I love Harmonix, and Harmonix is now owned by Epic Games, working on in-game Fortnite shit, and I haven't seen the fruits of that labor either. <laughs> Sucks, dude. And I really want, uh, I just want a rock band to come back. In a big yeah. way. Um, but yeah, no, I, I wouldn't have said I don't like rhythm games. I said Hi-Fi Rush is like a rhythm game second and an action game first. But uh, always big on that. I played Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory. All right. <laughs> Tales of Symphonia Remastered is on the 17th. What a streak of, like, the 14th is Blanc, the 15th is Returnal, the 16th is Theater Rhythm, the 17th is Tales of Symphonia Remastered, and Wild Hearts. Uh, Wild Hearts is technically available on the 14th. Yeah, on the 14th. I cannot keep up with this crap. So Wild Hearts is EA's Monster Hunter clone. EA original type thing. But it's Koei Tecmo are the developers behind it. And yeah. it's Koei Tecmo with a fucking budget, making a Monster Hunter-like. But it's also an EA game that's published, so it's part of EA Play, which is available to Game Pass Ultimate subscribers for free, or EA Play subscribers. But it also gives you access to the game three days early, the full version of it, via a 10-hour timed... It confuses me. You're I welcome. I fucking... I do it so you don't have to. This is oh, why you listen God. to Game List. Now you understand. Uh, I will be playing that on stream, no doubt, and I'll have opinions on that as well uh, to check out. But uh, Oh, I started last night. I don't want to talk about it yet because I don't have enough. I had some real technical if- issues trying to figure it out. But I started uh, Monster Hunter Rise on Game Pass with the fellers, and uh, we liked it. We're going to try it again. We'll talk about it more nice. next month if it hits. Atomic Heart, which you kind of put me on, is coming out on the 21st. Yeah, I'll be playing um, this one. What's the deal? Game Pass. Uh, Game Pass. I'm going to check it out. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll be playing it. Russian Bioshock. Sure. Yeah, Russian Bioshock. Watch trailer. It's interesting. We haven't talked about it much on stream, but Colin was like, are you playing this? And I go, I don't even know what the fuck it is. And I watched a trailer and I was like, for a Game Pass game that I'm already paying a subscription to, I'll give this a go. Looks like a weird, stylistic first-person shooter set in an alternate reality Russia? Yeah. Something like that. Uh, like a Dragon Ishin, which we're not really Yakuza people, but looks good. And it's a remake yeah. of a beloved game that only came out in Japan. I'm so. sure it will rate wonderfully. I'm sure it will be bet, great. I bet, I bet, yeah. Yeah. Um, the day after that, on the 22nd, is Horizon Call of the Mountain and that slew of PSVR stuff that launches on the same day. Uh, double check, that whole launch list that we went over earlier, they don't all come out on the 22nd, so... Check individually if you're interested in picking something up on day one. But nonetheless, the vast majority of it is available day and date with the PSVR 2 hardware. Uh, After that, we have... Oh, on the uh, 22nd as well, it is... I don't have the slide for it. Oh, I do have the slide. On the 22nd... Metroid Prime Remaster comes out physically. physically. <laughs> I had to go back to the very first slide on my uh, stack here. Fucking killing it. Absolute gamer shit. Uh, two days later, Kirby Return to Dreamland Deluxe, which is now on my radar. Rewind if you want to hear thoughts on that. Comes out uh, same day as Octopath Traveler 2. Are you doing it? I want to, but man, this month is a busy month. Yeah, it's almost like two um, days later. You're going to be playing Destiny yeah. 2 Lightfall a bunch. Two days later, everything else will be on hold for Destiny, so... Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, so Octopath might be my summer game. Yeah, yeah, I get that. But goddamn, 
A lot of shit yeah. going on. Lots. Fun episode, dude. Good to be back yeah. for uh, 2023. Season 2. This is the season premiere of Game List. Right? Is that what you did in seasons? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Year 2. I don't year know two. how it worked out. We're year 2s. We'll That's just a little throwback. Oh my god, we're year 2. <laughs> That's a little throwback to an earlier <laughs> joke. <laughs> Keen listeners. That did, <laughs> exactly what I'm talking about. At least about. I picked up on it that time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, Yeah. Are we forgetting good, anything? Good, good time. Uh, I'm sure we are, but how rumors can it of be? a PlayStation state of play for the end of February are rumbling, potentially early March, but more likely end of February, according to yeah. the powers that be. Most of them, Jeff Grubb, um, but he is our Lord and Savior. He knows things. Not to be confused with Jeff Keeley, friend of the show. Friend of the uh, show. So we would have reactions to that up on our YouTube page. We'll stream that probably live at my Twitch channel, which is Jake Twitchin, like twitching with no G. Uh, follow me on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, Twitch. I got enough plugs. Colin, a.k.a. Colleen underscore K-A-U-L-I-N-E on Twitch, YouTube, all the same platforms. Find him somewhere. Find us somewhere. If you're listening to this in your podcast app, rate us highly. If you are listening to us or watching us on YouTube, find us in your podcast app and subscribe. An extra button click to find us somewhere else or to pop into one of our streams and say something about Game List makes all the difference in the world to us little guys. Truly. All right. Thanks for listening. I I, I don't like it. I know it's been funny a little bit, and every once in a while maybe we can use it, but it can't be our trademark sign-off. I know it's been funny a little bit. <laughs> it I, is legitimately painful to me. It is painful. I've been the one that's been having to say it. I know. I put it on oh, you. It's yeah. fun to it's fun to do that. Um, you got anything for an outro? Think of something fun. Uh, um, we better not leave any dead space at the end of this podcast. Jesus. <laughs>